Free Talk Live. Yes, it's time for the pin of shame. The pin of shame. Was it was it shame or was it? I don't know. It was supposed to be a crown of shame. Crown of shame. That's what. But it then was. we we had the pin last week. Right, because we couldn't actually get a crown. We thought right. one of our producers had a uh, uh, one of these Burger King crowns, like right. in his car trunk or something. And despite the girth of most people around here, we have not been back to Burger King since <laughs> to pick one up. That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, I played a uh, uh, a show right back when I was doing the heavy metal band days or whatever, and I've never really been a thin dude. Right, there are times in my life I was thinner than others or whatever, but like I've always kind of had a little bit of a beer belly, regardless as to whether or not I was drinking beer. Uh, so I play this show with uh, a band out of I think they're out of Montana. Don't 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 quote me on that, but they're called A Balance of Power. They're still playing to this to this day. These guys right. are. As old as I am, if not older, maybe a couple of them are younger. I think they've changed drummers, whatever. So I'm playing this show with those guys and another band that I can't remember the name of. I'll think of it later. But the majority of the people in the bands that night were men of heft. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, above average weight. Sure. Right. And so we play this show. It didn't have any sort of trendy nickname or anything like that. Uh, but we did end up calling it at the end of the show. We ended up calling it Girth Fest. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, we had that going for us, which was nice. Uh, we should tell people what they're listening to. You think? Maybe. Maybe. Free Talk Live. Okay. Okay. What is Free Talk Live? Uh, live call-in radio broadcast where you can call in and talk about whatever you want, but we will take the position of liberty and freedom and on any topic you decide. Okay, very good. Uh, do you know the phone number? It's 603. Shame! Shame! <laughs> Carry on. I don't know what you're talking about. We, we we were just talking about the pin of shame. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been here the whole time. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just didn't see me. Will you tell our listeners? It's what the... because I'm so small. So so it, We know. In order to... I don't stand out. In... <laughs> no, you don't stand out at all. You you just blend into any crowd that you're in ever, all of the time. There's yeah. never any like people who are like, "Whoa, who is that guy?" Right? That that never happens. Completely to you, unmemorable. Yeah. Um. What's the phone number? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Very good. Uh, in the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me, Peakless Mountaineer, and Richie Rich. We were lamenting of the pin of shame as the replacement for the crown of shame that never materialized. I mm. think the pin is right over there. I think I can see it. Is it still in here? Maybe. Because like it wasn't like I sort of gave it away even though it wasn't mine to give. It's reflecting a pink aura from and so the then I had desk to sort over of, there. What's what's the politically correct term for Indian giving? I don't know. I still call it Indian giving. <laughs> like I don't like calling it that because like that doesn't I make any sense. I think that one's still politically correct. Because it's just going in, you're just saying, oh, you gave it to them the way that we gave stuff to the Indians. Uh, is that what it references, though? Or, it, like, in my mind, it always referenced uh, how the Indians would treat you. It's how the and Indians want their land back. And to me, it's wrong for uh, either party to treat people in such a way where, like, here, man, I give this to you. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm taking it back. 
right? Yeah, the, like, the U.S. federal government is way more famous for that when it comes to, like, them and the Indians. So it should be called government giving. Yeah, yeah, it's Or true. federal giving or something yeah. more akin to that. Less, uh, mm, what do we call it? Less negative towards the Native God, what Americans, an American right? giver, you know. <laughs> Oddly enough, we were just talking about Indian giving at work and also being gypped. Now that, yeah, gypped is, now that is, is currently very with a J, but it was originally with the G-Y-P because it was mm-hmm. a reference to the gypsies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, they really did earn that one. <laughs> uh, it's No, it's part, of their, it's part of their whole culture that it doesn't count as defrauding if you don't do it to, you know, human beings, which the only human beings are other Romani. Well, so. I mean, like part of it is negotiation. Right. And whether or not you like dags. Well, I'm just saying that like negotiation is always like, hey, man, this thing costs five thousand dollars. And then you're like, well, it's only worth like five hundred. Okay, I'll sell it to you for like four thousand. And the guy's like, well, yeah, I'll give you fifteen hundred. Okay, I'll come down to thirty five. Yeah, right. It's this negotiation process. So that's that's part of haggling. Haggling. Yes. Haggling. Uh, The uh, also uh, infamous from the gypsy culture is the word mark. Mm. Okay. Uh, and so they would have their bazaars, mm. their marketplaces or whatever. I'm not and sure if that one's just gypsy culture, though. Cause like, I, I believe it originated I mean, that from one goes gypsy like, culture. Really? Because yeah. that one goes all the way through like every festival, carnival, circus, mm-hmm. any kind and of what, traveling what entertainment thing. was the OG thing. traveling marketplace? Yeah, I guess. Good point. They were the gypsies, right? So anyway, uh, for our listeners who don't know, uh, the word mark comes from when people would go to these marketplaces. If somebody noticed uh, that somebody had a wad of cash in their pocket or they made like a big sale, right, to, to this particular person mm-hmm. uh, on their way out of their tent or, you know, table or whatever it is, they would put their hand in some chalk and pat them on the back. And so now they had a handprint of chalk on their back and they would walk around the festival with this mark if you will on their back so that all the other vendors knew hey this guy's got cash you know this guy made a big sale or bought a big ticket item from me he is a quote mark unquote that's where that comes from and you're right absolutely yes that has permeated every type of bizarre marketplace flea market carnival any kind of that thing uh, has been, you know, oh, yeah, that's a mark. There's an easy mark. Oh, that's a hard mark or whatever it is, right? There's uh, different valuations for that mark. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's up to you as a savvy spender or unsavvy, depending on you know how you approach it, uh, as to whether or not you're a, a mark, a hard mark, or an easy mark, right? Mm-hmm. What level of mark are you? Are you not a mark at all? Do you not shop? You know, all that kind of thing, so. Yep. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of it is uh, – so, unfortunately, uh, if you are a traveling whatever, and especially a traveling entertainment service, so you are incentivized to basically act as uh, um, psychopathic or sociopathic as possible. Mm. So, what has traditionally happened for all of human existence is that we punish each other for acting against our cultural norms. That's why I don't think you should tip on vacation at restaurants. Wow, a libertarian that doesn't think you should tip. You're not going back there. No, specifically on vacation at restaurants. Like, I I get your argument here because... Now, it it is true 
that tipping while you're on vacation is just an unmitigated act of altruism and kindness and upholding the social fabric. And you, of course, have no interest in any of that. So, None whatsoever. So, of course, you'd just rather have your ducats. But I, and, I see uh, his no, point. I honestly, I don't know why you ever tip. Like, I as mean, a... the probability that you will have the same server... I mean, well, when I was going to the same meetup group in Manchester repeatedly, we'd have the same server. So you'd so, be like ten percent. So no, I'm, I'm actually out. I'm actually a good tipper, but Big I like list. making the argument. Oh sure. I, yeah. I, I, sure, I get the idea, right? So I'm a local guy. I, I frequently tip wherever I go locally, restaurants, bars, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, and like the people that I, the places that I frequent, they know me and they know I tip well, and so I get superior service. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. You want superior service. Don't be an a hole and tip well. Right? But do now, you hang, tip hang on, while you're on, on vacation? Well, and this is this is the argument that he's making, right? Is that uh, I do that and I receive superior service in return for being a known quantity, mm-hmm. right? But if I go on vacation, they don't know me. You're right. Right. I'm probably gonna eat there one time. Yeah. Right. Uh, whether or not I get superior service is a little arbitrary, right? Because I'm not a local. I'm not a repeat customer. You know, how are they gonna treat me? Right. And, you know, that's going to really determine whether or not I tip and how much. Right. So, like, if I get superior service, yes, I am going to tip while I'm on vacation. But if I get inferior service, no. You know, and if I get like the worst possible thing that could happen. Right. It's only happened like twice in my life. I'm 51 years old, but I have left two pennies. Okay, Right. This is this is the message. Right. This isn't like. Hey, I'm going to complain to your man. Like it's it's a, I guess it's passive aggressive, really, when you come to think about it. But like, it's like you want them to know you thought about tipping yeah. and chose not. Not to. only did I think about tipping, but I thought you deserved nothing. But instead of giving you nothing, I wanted to send you a message that you're horrible at your job, or at least you were to me mm-hmm. and my table. And here's the message, right? That's the two cents. I did learn that from like my grandfather. But you are incentivized. I mean, theoretically, to just not tip when you have even superior service. When yes. you're out on vacation. When you're out on vacation. When you're out on vacation. Yeah, you don't have any incentive to tip well, even well, if no, you Well, no, that's received... not really true. So it looks that way. But to me, if I receive superior service on vacation, I'm tipping. So, As the individualist so anarchist, things. my best interest... So there's two things. So some of us actually want to maintain, like, uh, an identity as a decent human being. So that wouldn't appeal to you, Richie. You have no interest in that. Who would know? Who would know besides the son? You will. You know exactly what quality of human being you are, and you have no interest in maintaining uh, a self-image that is as a person who gives good uh, tips on good service. Yeah, you're right. It's just not interesting to you. John Jett is my theme song. Right. So that does what it does to your uh, view of yourself and your view of the world. So it looks like there's no incentive whatsoever. But there's also the fact that now you have to live in the world that is a little bit crappier because of what you've done to it. I mean, if you're talking about like karmically. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, you think there's a karmic aspect to tipping? Well, so I actually, I do absolutely believe that there is a karmic aspect to it. I think that there are ways that the universe organizes in a sort of behind-the-scenes sort of way yeah. that will absolutely bite you for every mean thing you do in your life. But even if you don't believe that, 
the fa- it still changes nothing about the fact that you have put this into the world. Now, that yeah. will have an effect on the person that you are interacting with. But on a percentage They will less have an interaction with other people. Yes. So if you've made their day worse, they're going to make other people's day worse. If you've made their day better, they're going to make other people's day better. And if you've kept it on an even keel, then everything stays on an even keel. It ripples out, and you have to live here. So, like, right now, for example, the world is in an absolute hellfire at this point. Everyone hates everything. Everything's political. Nobody gets along. That's because no one was tipping on vacation. Honestly, yes. That Way to go, Richie Rich. That is, See what you've started. That is How one dare you perpetuate little this thing. thing. It's one little thing on a list of a whole bunch of other things that are just the slow but gradual decay of civilization. Yeah. Ripples and don't yeah. go on forever, though. They, they eventually peter out or they hit a stopping point. Uh, energy is neither created nor destroyed. Waves yes. are a form of energy. It is only transduced. Right. Okay. Waves are a form of energy. They don't ever actually stop. They just go other places. Yeah, and, the, and and but the ripple itself eventually softens as it goes, right? Waves get softer. Oh, you're talking about like dropping a you know General, a, a that's rock in a example. pond. And well, like so the, here's yes, the example people do, use when they're saying the right, ripple. Effect. The ripples do. Well, so here's the thing: the if they encounter a wave that is in the opposite direction then both waves will cancel out. Okay. Now, that's how this works. That's how a lot of things work. So, yeah, if, you know, you get amazing service, like they know that they went out of their way to help you, right. you give them nothing. Yep. Or maybe even you just, you know, just to be evil and get a little tickle, because you might be interested in getting a little tickle I love more than tickle. just <laughs> two little pennies, so you leave two pennies. Just to, you know, <laughs> make the world a worse place for fun. A lot of people do that. Okay. Now, if that happens and another one of those things happen, then what happens with a wave, if you have it in the same frequency, at like in, in sync with itself, then it, you get a twice as high of a wave. It amplifies the troughs and the and the Okay, peaks. so, so uh, just so as if, a on realistic the hand, example, someone, right, if uh, I'm on vacation... I get superior service, mm-hmm. and in it, one of the things that I evaluate superior service on is like, you know, d- did they get my order right? Did you know were they timely? Did they check up on? How many me? times you know, did they refill my water? But that's not necessary. But like, I also evaluate attitude, personality. Mm-hmm. You know, did they make me feel comfortable? Did you know if something went wrong? Did they go? Did they come out and like were they? They were like, hey, something went wrong, but you know, your side order will be right out, right? That kind of a thing. Right. Were they on top of it is really what I'm evaluating. Right. You know. And so if all of those things occur and I'm happy with the service that I got, I'm more than happy. I'm like, wow, this the server's awesome. Right. I will tip as much as forty percent. Right. Like I will go out of my way to make sure that that person knows that they did a kick ass job. And that is putting that idea out into the world. Now right. you are but at the same time, I have already behavior. admitted that I have left two cents on a couple of occasions, right? right? So, so now, like, I will be extreme on both ends of that spectrum, de- as you should, depending on the service that I've received. How does that relate to karma? Okay, so uh, uh, how does that relate to karma? Yeah. Oh, well, in your case, you are putting that giving and, like, basically you're making the world make more sense. When you make the world make more sense, that comes back to you. You come back to a world that, as you are rewarding it for good re- good behavior, it's rewarding you for good behavior. 
Now, if you stop rewarding good behavior, then you're introducing more chaos to the system. Do I get good karma for leaving two cents for the crappiest of service? I actually think you do. I, I really do think you do because you are, in that case, punishing bad behavior. I, it's not intended to punish, right? Like like punishment would be zero dollars on the tip. Which is basically in, what you did. In, in my mind. This is above and beyond that. This is... right. Hey, in, the, in a different this direction. Message. This is not just, hey, I left now, and I forgot to tip. No, no. It this is, is, I am actively letting you know this was unacceptable behavior. You will okay. not profit in any noticeable way, but you will be aware that I was able to tip you and chose not to. Any form of tipping is an opinion, though, right? So it's not a fact. Right, so like the same waiter, waitress, whatever server, whomever might you know service another table just as well or better than they serviced mine, mm-hmm. and that particular table might not tip, or they might tip less, or whatever. Right, so mm-hmm. as a server, how do you balance out the karma to balance out you know your paycheck, if you will? Well, and that's uh, it's a numbers game, right? So, yeah, you've got someone like you who, on extraordinary service, will will tip very well. Now, there's plenty of people who, even on extraordinary service, they they will just tip their regular amount. So, it's a numbers game. Now, if they are continuing to be rewarded for above and beyond service, yeah. they will continue to provide above and beyond service. And weirdly enough, the fact that it's at random means that it will uh, it will solidify in their patterns more completely for a longer period of time than a non-random uh, 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 benefit. So like because this of is the, the stuff they find out with uh, with uh, uh, like rats and like rewarding them for certain behaviors is that it lasts longer when the reward is random. So because of the uh, availability of extremes, right? Mm. The availability of tipping nothing or two cents versus tipping, you know, half the bill, right? There there used to be a movement online called tip half the bill or whatever, right? You know, that kind of thing. It was encouraging people to tip like half. Probably started by half servers. Of the bill, I'm sure, <laughs> right? Um, but because of the availability of the extremes mm. in both circumstances that, you know, the it averages out because, you know, you're not going to just wait on two tables in a night. You're going to wait on 100 or whatever it is, right. right? Depending on how busy the restaurant is that you're working at or whatever. So I've got another question for Peakless, because when we started this conversation, you said, I am shocked a libertarian that doesn't tip. Yeah, that was that was sarcasm. Okay, I get it. But have you experienced that amongst other libertarians then? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it is it is well, a can you, very unfortunate thing that I've seen all over the place in New Hampshire. Wait. But it's, it is largely believed that, like, no, why should I have to do that just because it's socially normal? I'm not going to do a thing because it's socially normal, and that's costing me money to be socially normal. And it's I'm, like it's those Aspie libertarians. Okay, I'm of the opinion that people who are of that opinion have never been a server. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's very frequently the case. Uh, they're like, you should have picked a different profession. Which you know, I mean, there's some argument there, right? Like, if you become a server and you suck at it, you're not going to make much money. Right. If, if you don't figure out real quick how to provide well, you know, and good service and, and you know, all that enough, kind of thing. And weirdly enough, that is, 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 okay, like you were doing with the, the two pennies, right? Yeah. So if someone is doing abominable service, they will very swiftly not be paid enough to keep doing that. Like, if 
and only if enough people are still tipping. But if enough well, but people... But if it's culturally normal to tip no matter what, then the, you're rewarding abominable service and they will continue onward. Yeah, that is uh, th- that is actually right, the whole, part of the degradation of civilization. They is shouldn't not, call it, uh, it tipping, in my opinion. They should call it commission. Okay. Because that is what it is. Like, there's well, very right, little no, difference. There's very little difference between what somebody who serves well earns on top of their, we'll call it base wage. So I've worked back and, in the house. And the with very little difference between that and like somebody who works uh, at like a furniture store. They furnish the, these salespeople like a small minimum right. monthly payment, but it isn't unless they sell a bunch of furniture that they get the real paycheck. Yeah. I've worked back of the house on commission or partial commission. Yeah. So back of the house, we got a percentage restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Me, me too. I worked a uh, bus, I worked uh, dishwash. And like at the end of the night, I got some cash. But it wasn't from the servers. This was this was based on the sales of what was sold in True. the restaurant. Back yes. of the house, split a commission. Right. And front of the house, they didn't earn a commission. They were tipped, which was whatever this whatever the well, customers so decided to provide. I think there's two different things here because when I did bus, um, I was tipped by the wait staff right i was not and so like basically whether or not i cleared the like if a a table got up and left if i was on top of it cleared the table right away wiped it down you know set it new got all crap out of the way so a new table could be set so they could make more right the numbers game that's cultural within so i would get tipped more as a busser for kicking ass at bussing the tables for the wait staff and it was some you know if there were i don't know 15 people on the wait staff that night I would get I don't know two percent of each person's tips or something right. like that. But that that was from the that was from the server staff. Correct. Yes, right. not from the sales. Mine was sales from management. Like but I would also get tips. for whatever reason because there was a bar in this restaurant. I okay. would also get some weird percent of like point zero five, you know, a half a percent sure. or something of the bar sales, not the bar tips. Yeah, okay. So the bar tips were separate, yep. but somehow the busboy would get a percentage of the bar sales. That would be commission, and the other thing would be tips. Okay, all right. As If I were making a distinction. Okay. Now, as a worker, as far as putting in the effort, I found no difference between doing uh, an in-person sales job, like selling furniture, for example, uh, versus doing bus work or waiting on tables. There's like the amount of effort you have to put in to get the the money, the money reward, to earn the amount that you need to keep yourself alive was no different in either of those positions. So I equate them because the effort was about the same. 603-283-6160. Still to come tonight, the kill switch. It's free talk live. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Come on and listen to Free Talk Live. 
Yeah, we have content for you seven nights a week from 7 to 10 p.m. on whatever radio station you're listening to us on right now and or over at Free Talk Live and or over at watch.freetalklive.com in case you prefer the video version and or over at lrn.fm and or over at twitch.freetalklive.com and or a bunch of other places that I can't remember off the top of my head, so that's all the further I'm going with this. And all those places, seven nights a week, except maybe the local radio station you're listening to it on. Yeah, there are... radio stations carry all seven nights. And and some of the radio stations uh, will do what we call rebroadcast. So uh, we might do the show... Nowhere carries Free Talk Live seven nights a week. Like, we don't do that anymore. Uh, Free well, Talk Live content the show, produced by Free Talk Live. Right, is still seven nights a week. The live version of Free Talk Live happens four nights a week. Right. So. But not all radio st- if you want to hear all seven nights of content. Yes. You're I thought likely- one of the nights was like Liberty at night and one of the nights so, is Okay, here let me let me let me lay this out for not only you, but also the listeners who might be confused as to what we're talking about. Uh Free Talk Live uh for the brand the brand uh, for the longest time was uh, three people sitting in the studio taking calls between 7 and 10 p.m. seven nights a week. Uh, that has evolved into uh, free talk live, three people in the studio taking calls live four nights a week. Those nights are Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's when free talk live is on. That is when the live version of free talk live. Now, free talk live has welcomed in a number of uh, outside of this studio content producers. To the, the Free Talk, Free Talk Live family. recorded as it were. The Free Talk Live family of content, if you will. Of pre-recorded content. Uh, correct, yes. So on Monday nights, we have uh, a specially produced show from Ernie Hancock of Declare Your Independence, or DIY as we like to call it for short, or DYI, okay. Declare Your Independence. Uh, on Tuesday nights, we have Liberty at Night, and then on Friday nights, we have Liberty Conspiracy. With Gardner Goldsmith. With Gardner Goldsmith. And we're happy to have that guy on. And in fact, last night, nice segue, by the way, last night he had Eric Peters of ericpetersautos.com on Great his website. show, whom, uh, Richie, Rich, you and I were talking about this before the show. Big fan. I got introduced to Eric Peters Autos from like reading Lou Rockwell. Yep, same here. I and, think that's pretty sure that's where my introduction was. And I think like once a month or something, Lou Rockwell would feature something. Uh, Eric Peters, for those who don't know, is an automotive guy. He's a gearhead. He likes working on cars, and uh, he does that. That's kind of his thing that he does for money or whatever. He works on cars and writes about vehicles. But he's also a libertarian. Right. And so he will write very uh, libertarian-leaning articles that – uh, are sort of spawned from his experience as an automotive mechanic or somebody as an expert in his field. He's been doing it for years. And uh, his tagline is always, throw it in the woods. Right? Like, if you, like, if it doesn't make any sense and it has no value to you. So I know you made the, I know you made the, the segue, but I want to rewind a little bit to the Free Talk Live thing. Yep, we'll get back. We'll come back to it. All right. Um, those three other shows are four radio broadcasts on stations that carry Free Talk Live, Correct. the live shows. Right. So right. if there are radio stations that carry us seven nights a week, they're going to well, carry... that used to carry us seven nights a week. No, they still do. Yeah, there no, are radio no, stations they don't. that do. They carry us four nights a week. No, no, no. And they carry the Free Talk Live family, Free Talk pre-recorded, I mean, three nights a week. You're nitpicking, so I'll let you be right. Yeah, well, it's well, a semantic. So, so 
it's, it's a semantic. It's the idea still free of talk the show the brand. is that it's free talk live. Okay. That like we we free talk, Again, but it's live. You you can stop there. I will allow you to be right because it deviates from the point that I'm driving at. Mm. So you can have that one. Golf clap for you. The point is the radio shows that carry free talk live yes. and the free talk live family, according to Peakless, may not carry all of those. Right. So if you want to hear all of that content, yes. it may not be on your local radio station, and you should look into any of the other options that Captain listed off. Such as freetalklive.com, for There account. you go. Uh, and so if you do, uh, perhaps you subscribe to our RSS feed. Uh, perhaps you are an amplifier. What's an amplifier, you might ask? Well, Another great segue. An amplifier is somebody who helps Free Talk Live advertise, market, promote, and support. Yes, that spells amps. But you can find out all about that over at amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, essentially, becoming an amplifier allows you to give some money to our organization that allows us to get this program and the Free Talk Live family of shows onto more radio stations than we're currently on. Uh, right now, we're on something like... 180 radio stations at last count, and we could be on more. We could be on 200. We could be on 250. We could be on 300 radio stations. None of this is out of the question. Uh, it's all up to you. There are some little perks that you get for becoming an amplifier. So if you go over to amps.freetalklive.com, we only ask for five bucks a month. That's the silver level. Uh, there's a gold level and a platinum level and a, I don't know, a diamond level. There's a bunch of, there's like some extraordinary levels that no one has ever signed up for, like the, you know, the big, like, I don't know, like... I Unobtainium level? The unobtainium level. Yeah, I don't know that that's actually a level, but... <laughs> Vibranium? Yeah, stuff like that. But, like, there have been some, like, pretty big givers over, over the years. Uh, so if you think that... If you give us one Bitcoin a month, you become adamantium level. <laughs> if you enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, the content, the callers, the perspective that we bring of freedom, peace, prosperity to the airwaves, to the show, to human beings in general, please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. I want to say thank you to Anthony Casaretto. Anthony Casaretto is a gold-level amplifier. That means he gives 10 bu- double the amount that we ask for. We only ask for five, but he gives 10 bucks a month uh, as an amplifier to help advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. So thank you, Anthony Casaretto. We appreciate you and your contribution to what we do. I firmly believe that becoming an amplifier is, as Mark Edge might say, the best use of your Liberty dollar. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Segway back let's to Eric Peters. Let's not move on. Let's move back. Segway back to Eric Peters. Eric Peters on us. Yes. So, uh, Gardner and Eric had a conversation last night, and they did talk about what we're about to talk about. The kill switch. The kill switch. The kill switch. Um, what is the kill switch? Are you familiar with this? No. It shuts down your car without your knowledge or consent. Yeah. So it's been going around the internet that's uh, tucked inside of some recent bill that was passed by you know, the I think it's a bill that already tyrants. passed that they were trying to recall. Was well, Thomas Massey trying they, to recall? They're the, trying to defund this specific right. portion. Yep. Okay. Of the bill is is what's happening now. 
Uh, there are several articles about this that exist now and a bunch of online uh, commotion. Uh, what's the word? Uh, Brouhaha. Uh, we're hearing chatter. Okay. Uh, like the, the fact checkers the, the, have weighed in. So uh, we're going to go with this article from ActivistPost.com. Fact checkers are gaslighting you on you the go. Fed's vehicle kill switch mandate. Uh, November 2021, former U.S. representative from Georgia, Bob Barr, wrote a little-noticed political column claiming that buried inside President Biden's $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure legislation was a dangerous provision that would go into effect in five years. Marketed to Congress as a benign tool to help prevent drunk driving, the measure will mandate that automobile manufacturers build into every car what amounts to a vehicle kill switch, wrote Barr who was the Libertarian Party's nominee for president in 2008. Wait, wasn't Ron Paul running as a Libertarian in 2008? No, he was rep- running as a Republican. As a Republic- okay, thank you. It was the previous when he uh, ran for uh, as Libertarian, right? In no? the 70s. Right, yeah. Okay. Or, or an older campaign of his. Anyway, yeah. All right. uh, like most Americans, I had never heard of this alleged kill switch until a few days ago when Thomas Massey, a libertarian-leaning Republican, uh, doesn't, you know, he's either a libertarian or he's not, proposed to strip the mandate's funding. I mean, you say that, but you just referenced Ron Paul. Well, what would you consider Ron Paul? He was a Republican. Uh, he had libertarian leanings. Yeah, I guess Thomas that... Massey's no Ron Paul, but the verbiage is uh, he's He's pretty darn close. I, I, okay. guess, I Honestly, guess you've got me there. Honestly, Thomas Massey has has been amazing at, like, every single time that I hear about him, he's doing something awesome. Okay. The right to travel is fundamental, but the government has mandated a kill switch in new vehicles sold after 2026, said Massey. The kill switch will monitor driver performance and disable cars based on the information gathered. That's a quote from Thomas Massey, by the way. Nineteen Republicans joined an all-but-one-Democrat in opposing Massey's amendment, which failed. True or false, the claim that the feds would mandate that every new motor vehicle include technology that could disable the vehicle seemed ludicrous. So I started Googling. This is the author of this article. So we know Captain doesn't use Google. (laughs) That's right. I use uh, (laughs) search engine of my choice. Uh, That that being said, every now and again, I... Start page. uh, Every now and again, I... I gotta right. use the G, just like it's, it's higher quality it's results. Massive. Man. It's massive. It, it's yeah. It's, well, I, I've found pre-search to be uh, on the level with Google. Pre-search. Mm-hmm. It okay. is. It is pretty close. Is yeah. it presearch dot yeah. com? Mm-hmm. Okay. But also too, sometimes I will launch multiple search engines yeah. with the same search criteria yep. and just see what the difference is between them. And sort of aggregate them all together and be like, okay, this is the top story across all that's, of them. Yeah. That's kind of why I'm still on Google. Because I've, I've done the start page. I haven't done pre-search, never heard of it. But I've done the start page. I've done the DuckDuckGo. Yep. I've used whatever Brave has on the back end of their yeah, Brave I browser. Yeah, the Brave browser. Okay, search. yeah, see? Yeah, it's horrible. I, I Honestly, that's my been my down. go-to. The Brave search? Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. How brave of you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Results may vary because I go there and I go, this is not what I'm looking for. And then I Google and it's like right there. I, I've had that a number of times. I mean, sometimes it, it depends on the complexity of the search, right? If I'm like, restaurant near me, turn you know your sure. uh, thing on, whatever, and it's like, okay, here's five restaurants. Like, a simple search, Brave will do the trick. But if I'm like, 
contextually contextually specific, right? Like, uh, what kind of cup liners do I need in my my cupcake pan for baking quiche, right? Instead of, you know, like regular muffins or whatever, right? Like, that's a little specific. You plug that into... Sounds like a lot of typing. You plug that into Brave and it's going to be like, did you want recipes for muffins? But if you plug that into some other search engine that might be larger and Google. more popularly named, I'll say it. Uh, you're gonna get like, oh, glad you uh, know who you're carrying water for. Here's the top five, uh, you know, inserts you should use for making quiche in a muffin pan. You know what I mean? Like it'll just, it, yeah. it's just a higher quality, but contextually specific, higher quality, right? So it's kind of like your drink at Starbucks, right? If you're just searching for like one word or two any regular search engine will do if but, these search engines were my server at a restaurant i would tip google <laughs> oh god oh i don't want to ever tip google just because they ruined youtube i'm still upset about that okay yeah i'm i'm not letting that one go youtube was an amazing an amazing i don't have any other word for it an amazing piece of technology that allowed Every man, every person on planet Earth to compete in the uh, the world of video. And yeah. you used to be able to just go to the YouTube front page. And it would be just like, you know, here's a lady from Indonesia with a camera in her bedroom doing a funny video. And it would yeah. literally be like, a, now if you go to their, their start page, it's just all pre-produced content. But it has spurned competition. Of, has it i think it's annihilated competition at least on its own platform on its own platform yes but what i'm saying is other platforms have come up really in in an attempt oh how are they doing terribly because again they're they're outmatched yeah because they're not getting government funding okay well or google funding which i i repeat myself right (laughs) seriously do you have any idea how much government funding goes to google it is absurd, not to mention the carve-outs that they have in specific laws. Yep. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. Yep. Uh, moving back to this article about the kill switch. Uh, to my relief, I saw several fact-checkers check- at legacy institutions had determined that the kill switch mandate was not true. Our rating, false, said USA Today. Assessment, false, said the Associated Liars. Press. We rate it mostly false, concluded PolitiFact. Snopes, a reliably left-leaning fact-check group, was a little less conclusive, saying the claim was a mixture of true and false. Unfortunately, my relief evaporated once I looked at the bill itself. Go to the source. Section 24220 of the law explicitly states, and I quote, To ensure the prevention of alcohol-impaired driving fatalities... Advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology must be standard equipment in all new passenger motor vehicles. Unquote. So. See, this part I knew about. As captain context, the only real like thing I can say about that statement is advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology. What does that mean? Well, if you take the word prevention out, you just read everything before it. You're thinking like advanced drunk and impaired driving technology. You got to like, blow this into is, the breathalyzer. No, this every is time? technology invented by drunks. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, that's not the case. 
uh, advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology must be standard equipment in all new passenger motor vehicles. The legislation then goes on to define the technology as a computer system that can passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle and prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if an impairment is detected. Who's monitoring this? Mm, Indeed. How the system will make this determination is unclear, as is the government's potential role in apprehending suspected drunk drivers. There'll be more on that in this article later. But the law's language could not be more clear. New motor vehicles must have a computer system to monitor drivers, and the system must be able to prevent vehicle operation if it detects impairment. How's it going to do that? That's a good question. How fact-checkers determined the kill switch narrative to be false is odd, especially since the articles don't deny Barr's central claim. The legislation mandates a computer system that will monitor driving performance and be able to disable motor vehicles. The AP conceded the law would prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if the system suspects the driver is impaired or even disable the vehicle from being operated. So the the computer is going to determine this. Right. So So did the USA Today and PolitiFact. They both acknowledged that that's what... The, the technology is going to do. So if you're zigzagging through potholes or avoiding deer crossing the street, it might look like you swerve. Frogs, mm. turtles, whatever. Whatever. Right, yeah. yep. And then, boom, your car just shuts down. Maybe it shuts down. Maybe it only goes 30 miles an hour. They discussed that in last night's episode, it too. Does give, are you guys familiar with the automotive governor? Yeah. So this is a, a, a thing that they put in your car to prevent you from going above a certain speed limit. Yeah. Um, I know of this because I did work in commercial transportation for a period of time where I drove a big white cube van, right, full of magazines, newspapers, that kind of stuff. I was a relay driver. Uh, I would go to a central location, pick up a bunch of stuff, and then go drive this route and drop these off at, like, stores and drug stores and, you know, convenience stores, stuff like that. Um, and... There was a governor on the van that I drove. I could not go over 60 miles an hour, even if the speed limit was 65. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. Right. But in my mind, but you yeah. know, you, you kind of learn to drive like a grandpa at that point. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm going to just be in the right lane. And, you know, if somebody's up on your tail or whatever, you just kind of, hey, motion on, reach your hand out the window. Like, come on, pass me. I can't really go any faster than this. So. Good luck. What I what I know from my accident, it wasn't a governor; it was a moped, mm-hmm. which is, you know, restricted just by top speed for engine size alone. Yeah. Um, was had I been able to speed up rapidly, mm-hmm. I may have been able to get out of the way of the car that was about to hit me. Right. But I could not. Yeah. And so translate that to any other sort of car accident you might be able to avoid by accelerating, as opposed to slamming on the brakes. Right, like clearing an intersection as someone might be about to T-bone you that you saw at the last minute, yep. and the car prevents you from doing so, you're in harm's way. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, in fact, avoided uh, what I believe to be a collision uh, by, uh, I was coming up on a, we'll call it a hill, 
and the road had one of these things where it splits off into two lanes. So that okay. if there's like a semi, you know, that's driving too slow, it it's supposed to get over into the right lane and let all the other traffic pass it, that kind of a thing. And so this was happening, but the guy in front of me didn't get over in the right-hand lane. Uh, he was There were two other cars behind the, we'll call it the semi, um, and one of the guys got over, the other guy didn't. And he had been already driving erratically, braking for what appeared to be no apparent reason, swerving, et cetera, and so on. I don't know if he was high, drunk, or, you know, getting a BJ while he was driving around or whatever, right? Like, I, I have no idea what was going on, but, like... We'll give him a pass if he was. Though. I was still endangering me, okay, right? Yeah. In my opinion, I'm like, I can't deal with this guy anymore. And so instead of passing him in the left lane, which I couldn't do because he was occupying it, I passed him in the right lane and then, you know, got around. And because I could accelerate quickly or at least more quickly than he was, I was able to get around him and then pass the semi before the lanes reduced back down to one. Yep. I got pulled over for that. Oh, because I went, I don't know, 12, on the right. 12 miles an hour over the speed limit to do this maneuver or something like that. And then also passing on the right. Mm-hmm. And so when I got pulled over, the the officer was like, hey, uh, do you know I pulled you over? And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, well, because you were doing like 12 over in this thing and you passed a guy on the right. You know, what were you doing? I told him. I was like, look, man, this mm, a-hole in front of me was doing this, that, and the other thing. Uh, everybody else got over. He was still swerving and doing his thing, and he didn't move. So I was like, you know, to be safe, to avoid a collision, I passed him on the right. And the yep. cop was like, oh, okay, cool. He ran my license, whatever, came back, and he's like, thanks, have a good day. Nice. Right. So And put you right behind the a-hole. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, <laughs> now like, i got to go pass him again, officer. Now I'm like 15 minutes behind both of them, <laughs> or all three of these vehicles, right? So, yeah, it was, it was for naught, but... Like, the fact that um, you can get pulled over for doing a maneuver that you deem more safe, yep, right, is just another illustration of why uh, government uh, doesn't deserve to exist as so, an institution. And, and I think really the it was one of the terrible, terrible things that happened in the seventies, where they they put the basic nature of the average citizen in contrast at enmity with the basic life of the average police officer used to yeah. be we just didn't interact with them unless like we, unless either you screwed something up yeah. and or somebody including possibly you called them right like that was when you would interact with them right and the rest of the time you just left each other alone so that like they were actually useful when you were interacting with them yeah Instead of just harassing people for money, which is a completely different dynamic. So instead of being tax collectors, which is what they are now, they're a randomized tax agent. That's all they are at this point. They will randomly take money away from people who aren't harming anyone. Whereas they used to, at least, you know, at least in theory, they would perform their job or they would leave you alone. Yeah. So in your case, Captain, there is a legal theory called the doctrine of competing harms. And if you are, if it is more dangerous for you to follow the law, you are allowed to break the law, generally. Maybe that's why you didn't give me the ticket. That could be why. And you could have easily made that case in, course, right. in court had he given you the ticket. Which could be avoided if we structured our legal system for actual harm. I get it, but this right, is part yeah. of their legal system. Yeah. It's you can use this in their court system. 
Uh, to arrive at their conclusion, the article continues, that this car-killing mechanism is just a fantasy, fact-checkers resorted to sleight of hand. A common tactic was to debunk social media posts that were actually false or unfounded, like the popular claim that the systems would be required to alert law enforcement if the drivers were deemed impaired. None of the technologies currently in development would notify law enforcement, the Associated Press assured readers. More about the vehicle kill switch coming up. Hour number two of Free Talk Live is next. 603-283-6160. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The Empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yes, it's James Hetfield. Nah. No, it's not. I, I sound nothing like James Hetfield other than... Hey, hey, hey. We are here. Our phone number is... Now you six, sound like you're from Boston. 603. Six, uh, 283. Uh, 6160. Uh. Yeah. 603-283-6160. Uh, James, James Hetfield is uh, infamous. Uh, for no other reason than stealing James Brown's shtick. Okay. So if you listen to a lot of James Hetfield of Metallica and the way he ends his sentences, right, and that kind of thing, and then you listen to a bunch of James Brown where he's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Is he admitted to this like, or is this just a claim within the it's music a, It's a common claim within, okay. you know, we'll call it musicians. All right. Right, not necessarily the... I guess technically the music industry, these are musicians who are well, at least trying to make money. I'd say that he didn't even rip him off. Like, are you going to tell me that, that Headfield's now the mo- the hardest working man in music? No, no, I don't no, think no, so. No, no. I'm saying his uh, vocal-isms were directly inspired. Mm. <laughs> Allegedly directly inspired by, by uh, James Brown. Nah. Yeah. I mean, if he had came ah. and said, like, oh, yeah, I listened to a bunch of James Brown, that was totally my inspiration, then, like, yeah. I I don't know that he's ever said that. Okay. I don't know that he hasn't, I, but it's, it's my assertion, uh, having listened to a bunch of James Brown and a bunch of James Hetfield, okay. ironically both named James, uh, that, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of, okay. whole lot of similarity. Ah. <laughs> similarity going on. Fair enough. <laughs> I do a horrible, horrible James Hetfield, and I'm not even going to try to impersonate James Brown. Um, Before we go on, I need to let all of you know that this hour, 
of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash master nodes. These master nodes then vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit dash.org to learn about Dash. That's dash.org. I actually uh, used them the other day. Something I wanted to get off of, like Amazon or whatever. I went to bitrefill.com. And knowing that uh, crypto is sort of on the rise, at least Bitcoin is right now. Yep. Uh, it was, I don't know, 37,000 or something like that. At it the touched time. over 37 yeah. and dropped down to and, like 35. And, and I noticed changed. that, like, you know, the fees were getting kind of high. To do what I wanted to do was going to cost me like 10 bucks if I spent BTC or something like that. And I was like, well, wait a minute. How much Dash do I add enough Dash to do the thing I wanted to do? Nice. And so uh, on BitRefill, I bought myself a, an Amazon Dash gift card. And bam! I mean, there was no wait at all. Usually when you go to like BitRefill and you try to buy a gift card with you know BTC or BCH or something like that, um, it, it'll be like, hey, we've detected your your inquiry, your, you know, desire for a gift card, and we'll let you know. So you get an email, right? You you log into the thing, you scan a QR code, you put in the amount, whatever, and then it sends you an email to whatever email address you put in the thing. And it goes, yep, we see your transaction, but it's not ready yet. You have to wait. And then later on, they'll send you a, another email that says, okay, now it's ready. And that's just them waiting for, like in the case of BTC, for the transaction to have enough uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, verifications. Oh, yep, yep. Enough verifications that the transaction is legitimate. Usually they wait for three to seven uh, verifications before they will declare the transaction legitimate. Dash, however, man, like I got the email confirmation that it had gone through and was ready before I got the one that said, hey, we're waiting. Nice. <laughs> That's how quick it was. So uh, I really enjoyed Dash just for that reason recently. Uh, we are called Free Talk Live, so let's go to the phones. Your calls and thoughts. We have an unscreened caller calling. What's your name, please? Before you go on too far, that was the Dash read. Like, was there the, did we miss the whole Dash sent us money type of thing? I did that before that. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I uh, missed it. Unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Uh, Dave in New Hampshire, also known as Ridley. As in RidleyReport.com? That guy. What's on your mind, Dave? So uh, I have an update on uh, Rebuild New Hampshire or RebuildNH.com. Um, they have put out a petition trying to stop the governor from, uh, so it says, quote, now, therefore, we, the undersigned, hereby demand Governor Sununu and the New Hampshire Department of Health and Human Services to end their recommendation for children to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, wait, unquote. Wait, what? Where? This is the New Hampshire uh, legislature? 
No, it's Rebuild NH, which is just, it's just a powerful anti-lockdown organization. Okay, so, and so they're putting forth a recommendation that says we should no longer recommend COVID shots. They want the governor and and the and the the state you know bureaucracies to stop recommending children get the vaccine, which I had no idea too. they were still doing. But anyway, the petition got a thousand signatures on the first day. <clears throat> Uh, it was at about sixteen hundred signatures uh, on on day uh, a couple of days ago. Here's my question: When it comes to these petitions and signatures, and the way you worded it, right? We demand the governor do <clears throat> something, whatever it is, right? What is that demand backed by? Should he not acquiesce to your demands? Voting for Democrats. Oh no! Yeah. Is, is Wait, that, how about, is that how about, the threat? How about just Basically. voting? <laughs> well, is we that, recommend everybody just stop voting. Well, that's different, right? <laughs> but if the threat is we I demand you do, we demand you do X, or we're going to vote for your competitor, and we know that the yep. competitor is likely worse. Yeah, is that really a threat? Like, it does seem pretty empty. empty. What is the weight of the demand, Dave? Well, I think the, the, if you want to do something that would get them, the, the, what Erica Chenoweth says, the, uh, she's sort of the scientist of civil disobedience. She's been a guest on your show. Uh, you know, she says what you, all you really have to do is get all the people. You know, you, I'm sorry, you just have to get 3% of the people to do one relatively minor act of defiance. Uh, peaceable defiance It has to be peaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can do that, you can change government policy. What is that peaceable act then in this case? Vote Democrat. I think the one that she, the one that she recommends, and or she says the stats back it up the most, most strongly is some kind of strike. So I suppose that could be a labor strike or a tax strike or a, you know, like the boycott of the buses, which Martin Luther King they they had the the bus strike. Um, a strike, she says, is the most powerful thing. Okay. Um, I'm I, all I for mean, a tax strike, but the likelihood is they're going to come heavy-handed to recollect that money at some point. Well, that's not the point, right? Like, if they're going to do something bad, that doesn't mean you you help them. Well, that's paying taxes altogether, right? If, yeah, you, if you're not I, not paying taxes, well, you are helping them well, do so, bad things. Well, and and here's the thing: everyone has a level of courage. Yep. Some people have the level of courage where they will stop paying taxes altogether. Yeah. Some people do not have that level of courage, but they still want you to stop recommending that people who are in no way, shape, or form at risk from COVID not be recommended to get a vaccine that you are at risk from. I get it, but it's 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 the phrasing of the demand. We demand that you do this with nothing backing it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, it's like a child going. I demand to stay up past my bedtime, and mom or dad going like, "No, oh, oh. isn't that adorable?" Right. I feel like that's the way they look at anything they're demanded of them by the people. It's better to you know speak softly and carry a big stick, um, but you know, I mean, I, I rebuild NH has a track record now. They've been doing a lot of things for a long time. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad they're there. I think. I, okay. I appreciate what they're doing. We uh, we we were sending a strongly worded letter to the governor suggesting that he probably should reconsider. Right, would probably carry 
more weight than a demand that's not going to be backed by anything, mm. right? Like, mm. if you're if you're going to ask your master for, to do to change, you might as well phrase it as a question and a request. I like that you phrased that as if you're going to ask your master to change. Well, that is exactly <clears throat> what this is. Yes, like when we the little people talk to His Excellency. Then yeah, we are requesting a change of treatment Doesn't among we your mean slaves. Already? Huh? Doesn't we mean little already? Hmm? We Different oh, kind of we. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, so it'd be we the we people. Okay. And if it's we we, then it's completely different entirely. <laughs> we well, now, the we 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 people. <laughs> wow. Here's another thing. T- here's another thing too that works better, I think, uh, and that is uh, again uh, for all for all the good that rebuild NH does. They are kind of hacking at a branch, right? Like COVID is just one issue, and they're just yeah. do, dealing with one aspect of one issue right now. It's better to strike the root, and the, the, the bad New Hampshire COVID policies, to the extent that they exist, they exist mostly because of New Hampshire's connection to the federal government. That's what corrupts yep. almost everything that happens in New Hampshire. So that's why New Hampshire independence legislation is it okay that's why i focus on that because i can't play whack-a-mole with all these different bad things that, oh, completely. that are happening yeah i mean Except when this was one... going through the only reason that we adopted the policies that we did is because we wanted to be in compliance with all of the other states that were surrounding us and if new hampshire was not a part of the states then there wouldn't be a motivation to do that right good point so uh, New Hampshire does have independence legislation coming coming up uh, yeah. this this coming year, and uh, that you know that's what I'll focus on. But I can always tell you what Rebuild is doing. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't know anything about Rebuild NH or what they're doing. Yeah, so tell tell the listeners more, Dave. Oh well, I mean they're just they're, they're against COVID lockdowns. That was what they that that was how they were formed. So they go back to 2020. So it's a fairly uh, new organization. Gonna, yeah, so they've organized right. demonstrations. I believe Andrew Manus was in charge at first, and now Melissa Blasic, if I'm saying that correctly, is in charge. They're both current or former state reps. Manus is a free stater, um, and um, you know they they just take a you know a pretty standard anti uh, lockdown. I say anti lockdown. That that means they're also going to be against like federal funding for COVID procedures inside New Hampshire or any sort of uh, restrictions on employment. Now, one area where they take a non-libertarian position is they will, they will try, they've tried to back legislation that stops businesses from firing you if, if you refuse to get the vaccine, that kind of thing. So that's kind of taking it too far. Uh, but you know, like so many conservative-leaning organizations, they're, you know, they're, they're about 80%, and maybe in their, their case, more, more like 90% pro-freedom. All right. Fair enough. Anything else you want to share tonight, Dave? No. That is the whole shame. Well, um, before you go, uh, what can we who are looking to, uh, as uh, as you point out, to to uh, hack at the root of this to support New Hampshire independence? What can we do for that as well? The most useful thing you could do if you're in New Hampshire is show up at the hearing, which will probably be around February 2024. Uh, where they where they discuss the independence bill. It's, it's secession legislation that you know lets the people vote in a referendum, basically on secession. Um, so what, what we had last time, you know, two years ago when this came up, 
we had a lot of people, a good rally outside, a nice publicity stunt where everybody sang the New Hampshire na- National Anthem. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really inspiring. But, you know, hardly anyone got in front of that committee and said how the federal government had hurt them personally. And that's what's missing. You need to talk about your own experience. You can't go in there and talk about policy when you're, you're giving statehouse testimony or how you like something or don't like it. That is unimportant. All that matters to that committee is what happened to you. So you've got to go in there and you tell it. Like, for instance, I would tell them about the time I was arrested for handing out flyers right by the feds. Yep. Uh, so you go in and you tell them what the feds did to you. That's how you get movement uh, in, in a committee. Does that make sense? Good advice, Dave. Uh, how can people find out more about uh, NH Independence? Uh, NHexit.us is the best source, but there are many sources. Awesome. Dave Ridley, thank you. RidleyReport.com. If you want to find out more about what he does, we appreciate you, man. Uh, 603-283-6160. Uh, do you want to talk to Skeeter tonight? Uh, we avoided him all week last week. So. Yeah? All right. Let's let's bring him on. It's uh, it's Skeeter. Here it's on, a boy. It's It's a boy. Skeeter here on Free Talk Live. Skit scat skills. Boy, it's a boy to destroy. We already did the shtick, man. Yeah, now you've done the shtick. Evolutionary capitalist, young skeet. Hey, uh, young skeet. You know what behavior the market will incentivize? Wait, 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 Skeeter, Skeeter, how old are you? Ah, doesn't matter. Approximately. Well, well you said you're young. if you're claiming to be young. Yeah, you said you're young. We so. find out that you're an 85-year-old <laughs> man and you're young skeet. I mean. <laughs> yeah, are you like 15? Mentally young. Mentally young. Uh, are you an 80-year-old trans woman. Does that make more sense? Absolutely. Well, you are in California. All I, would absolutely, I would absolutely identify as an 80-year-old trans woman if I would lived in California. So that would make sense. That would make, uh, that would put into, you know, context my voice, right? So you know, the, you know what behavior the market won't incentivize? The defense of natural rights. I'm here to... Why would the market <laughs> not incentivize that? <laughs> Because I'm, I'm here to use evolutionary profit to debunk libertarian Wait, Okay, so first of all, first of all, in, ha, can in, you cite well, an instance Jesus, where the market in, did in, not incentivize that? Yeah, uh, property rights like uh, self ownership. It doesn't guarantee. Again, I said natural rights, so I'm I'm here to use evolutionary profit to debunk property rights, homesteading, rightful transfer, restitution. And all those things, I'm here to show that evil capitalism's uh, principle of evolutionary profit. And again, I'm going to ask. Not even accounting profit or utilitarian Give me an example of where the market did not incentivize those things. We stole USA from the Indians, right? That wasn't the market. Like, believe it or not, stealing things is not the market. In (laughs) fact, stealing is literally the opposite of the market. Like, when we talk about the free market, it is free from theft, coercion, and fraud. No, 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 it isn't. That is literally the definition of a free market, is a market which is free from theft, coercion, and fraud. I'm talking about the market. Which is the real? The well, real the market. freer it is, the more the of a market, market is it is, and the, the less free it is, the less of a market, and the more of something other than a market it is. Is free market redundant? So why don't you guys give Somewhat. back your land right. to the Indians? Except that uh, in most the cases Indians? there is not a free market; there is a mixed market. Okay. Why don't uh, you give your land back to the Indians? I would love and to answer come, that. I would love to answer that, Skater. Hang on, Skater. Using Skater. 
All right, putting him back on hold for a minute. Why don't you give your land back to the Indians? Well, first of all, uh, I don't like really have claim to the land. It's the federal government and or the rent. state government to whom I pay rent to. Mm-hmm. So even if I wanted to, let's just say I fulfilled my agreement, which is a, a mortgage, right? Uh, I fulfilled my agreement to pay off the property which I've purchased. Uh, once my contract is fulfilled, I still yet must pay rent to a government entity in the form of taxation. And so, therefore... In perpetuity. I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, in perpetuity. I can't even give away my property to the Native Americans if I and wanted to. that's the to. way it should be, because you're obligated to pay uh, property taxes, <laughs> because it's still U.S. territory. Number one, first and foremost, it's U.S. territory. What, is, what is the U.S.? Bad capitalist. It's the land that the U.S. government and all the people fought for. We pay all we the people. people. We pay money to defend That's it. a lot of people. You guys, couldn't, you guys cannot defend yourselves from people like Russia, China. If you guys were in Ukraine's place, you guys would, you would get taken over in a heartbeat. I feel Don't like they can't even take over the Ukraine in a heartbeat. I feel like Skeeter <laughs> is getting upset. That, that's why you want to steal without help. I can Rumble hear the help. spittle of Skeeter hitting his phone. Yeah. With your help, you they still haven't repelled. You're stealing what is rightfully mine, which is your protection. <laughs> That's why you want to steal New Hampshire and free ride national defense. Because you know if you had to go to places like Liberland, you would you would get taken yeah, How would it free ride national defense? Easily. We'd have As to defend ag- ourselves against the encroachment of the federal government. Skeeter, hang on. Go ahead, Richie. No, no, you guys keep it. And Ukraine is always... All right, fine. That's, I was, su- that's I, was I was suggesting that if we were if New Hampshire freed itself from the confines of the federal government, I was going to let him go for another two minutes. But oh no. man, no, he no, was, he had yelling incoherently. That we would we would then necessarily have to defend ourselves against some encroachment by the United States federal government. Right, no doubt. Right, yeah, yes. yeah. And I'm betting on us. I would bet on us. Yeah, I, I would too. Well, and also, I, mean, it, I wouldn't it, it, bet that the the federal government would do well anything really, because think about that. Let's just say everybody in New Hampshire got together and said, "You know what? No more. We declare our independence." Yeah. Right. Uh, and and they went, "Oh yeah." And then like you know, a bunch of us like sort of hung out at the borders, if you will, you know, armed or unarmed or whatever it is, for a while. It would right. take a while. My my guess is the federal government is going to do two things, Jack and S. Okay. Uh, because uh, they are not about to approach the, um, what is it, the, the character assassination that would happen if they declared war on their own turf. It wouldn't be their turf anymore, though. Well, but that's what I'm saying, okay. is like they don't want that PR or lack of, right? They don't want that negative... Uh, responsibility i think that they might put up some sort of a show okay you know they might they might you know but i think in the long run they would back off because they you don't, don't think we'd have be... border guards on horseback at the massachusetts border keeping the rabble out of massachusetts well, well there's one thing there's one thing keeping like massachusetts people from coming in no i'm talking it's about another thing i'm talking keeping... about united states federal border guard 
now on the borders of Massachusetts, preventing. I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. Okay. What with all the New Hampshire independence right. talk and organizations, and like, I am truly surprised. I'm just saying they're on the Mexican border, and we did a story. Was it last week or the week before about them trying to enhance it on the Canadian border? Yeah. So. Yeah. We would be adversarial for a period of time. I don't know how long yeah. that would be. I don't before they decide to, ask to open yourself a trade. one simple question. Do you think that New Hampshire is less <laughs> able to defend itself than Vietnam and Afghanistan? Uh, I think it's far more ready and able to do so. Right. In my opinion. Right. Uh, 603-283-6160. Do you support divorcing the federal government? Give us a call. Let us know. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.Finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. Yes, welcome back. It is Free Talk Live, the live radio call-in talk program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever's on your mind. You don't have to talk about what we're talking about. It's fine. You can bring up any topic. Uh, There's very few rules here, Uh, but of course, the most important is don't cuss. No cussing allowed. Uh, Sadly, we are governed i.e. regulated by a bunch of tyrants calling themselves the FCC who claim to own the air. Large boo. And sometimes the host needs to self-censor more frequently as well. It it happens. It does. I I have dumped myself, and I will dump myself again, I'm sure, because the FCC doesn't like how I talk. So, at any rate, 603- 283-6160. That's the phone number if you want to call, join us tonight. And the less incoherently you yell into the phone, the more likely we are to keep you on longer. <laughs> like, there are, we are a radio program, right? So while there are some people that want to call in and debate the finer points of mathematical equations and how it relates to the price of tea in China today, like, we're not going to talk about that. It's boring. Right. Not only is it boring, but like no one else wants to hear about that. So be uh, entertaining and be willing to have a conversation. 
Those are really the only rules. And don't cuss. If you bring it up, we might address it, though. Because you true. can talk about anything. Yeah. yeah, but we aren't going to dwell on it and spend a half an hour or right. whatever talking about that. Right? Because it's just not It's a general audience show. Right. We, we have to be, first and foremost, we are a show. And so entertainment is at the top of our uh, things to do, if you will, during the show. But we're also a um, freedom-oriented show. So we like to come at things from the perspective of, uh, you know, what's what would life be like without government? Because government is the antithesis of freedom. If you don't believe me, look it up. Uh, government as an institution is the exact opposite of freedom because it violates consent. The existence of government violates consent. Yep. And that's my perspective. The whole time. Yeah. The, like, the oh, nature of that organization type. Yes. As compared to anything else. Yes. Is to violate consent. And it's the only organization, the only institution on planet Earth that is based on the violation of consent. Well, it's the only socially acceptable one, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, like, uh, whatever Jeffrey Epstein was running, that was definitely founded I, I would, on the idea of I would violating say socially consent. tolerated versus socially acceptable. What, governments? Yes. And, oh, and I, no, And I man. say that no, because most no. people tolerate governments. No, 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 that is wrong. But I, that, is like, that is so far wrong. Most people equate what is legal with what is moral. I wish is. that were not the case, but that is the case. So, like, let's be honest about what we're doing here. And when they change the law, they will realign their morality. Yes, that is correct. So smoking pot in uh, New Hampshire, currently morally bad. But if we ever change the law, then it will be morally good. Well, I mean, they're not arresting people for smoking pot in New Hampshire. They're not arresting people for having pot and under, you know, I don't know, two ounces or I don't know what it is. Don't quote me on that. Which is why it is only slightly morally evil. Like, and, and in fact, in ways I kind of like what New Hampshire has done versus some of the other states. That um, have legalized it? Well, have they, though, or <laughs> okay. have they just uh, governmentally institutionalized yeah. it? Tax and All regulate. Right. All right. Right. Enough. So, like, like there, there's arguments to be made for both the uh, legalization and or like to me legalization should just be like we wipe off all the laws about marijuana off the books and now right. you can do whatever you want however right. you want and yeah. you're free to do so yeah. that's not what happened in vermont that's not what happened in maine well, that's not that, what happened uh, in massachusetts that's not what happened in colorado it's not what happened in washington and State. even that wouldn't work so even if uh, Vermont or Colorado or wherever decided we will wipe off the books 100% of the marijuana legislation, that still wouldn't make it legal because they're still under the auspices of the federal government right. yeah. where it is a Schedule One drug. Yeah. They were talking about rolling that back a little bit recently too. Yes, yeah, they, they have. Well, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe you won't go to jail forever. If you have this flower, aren't we benevolent dictators? Yeah, and to all of these states... I think it was more for research. Like, it, it would take more than that. If you actually wanted uh, true legalization of cannabis in New Hampshire, we'd have to pass a law saying we will not allow people to be persecuted for this. By the federal government. By the federal government. Yeah. We'd have to, like, so specifically, for example, it's written into the uh, New Hampshire Constitution... That we have a right to privacy. Yes. More reason to secede. 
So yes. in order to do this, like it wasn't enough that we just remove all of the things that are restricting your privacy. Yeah. Because then the federal government will absolutely spy on you. No, we have said no. Not only do not only is there not a law against it, there is a law protecting it. I want to just say this to all of the uh, the states, if you will, that have quote legalized unquote marijuana, i.e., uh, made it an incredibly regulated th- market where the government taxes each thing by, I don't know, 20%, 30% at every level, the growers, the distributors, the retailers, right? They they dictate how your store can look, like what kind of decorations That's the weirdest and all this kind of crap. That is not a free market at all. No. That is the government going, no, 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 no. We are allowing you to sell this plant uh, for the purposes of us extracting tax money from your customers. Well, okay. And, and, now, how many on, of these, and how many of these places you can't even take a seed, a piece of nature, and plant it in the ground? It's like your garden. That right. will put you in jail. Yeah. So I want to say to all of these states that have, quote, legalized, unquote, marijuana, the next time you need funding for whatever insert special pet project you have here, uh, the way you're going to go about getting that funding is not by raising more taxes. You're going to go about getting that funding by releasing the appropriate amount of prisoners in your jails in your state who are in there on marijuana charges. And then you're going to recoup that money and use that for your special pet project. I want to suggest that it might be a little unreasonable to expect that those states legalizing marijuana to put it in a category enhanced above and beyond as far as freedom and whatnot, beyond general goods and services, right? Like general goods and services, they already tax and regulate. I'm not saying they should, but they already do. Okay. So when marijuana comes up for legalization and they go, well, it's going to be like Coca-Cola. We're going to tax and regulate. You can only put X amount of sugar or saccharin or whatever, you know, in per can of Coca-Cola. And so in New Hampshire, if there's no, you know, tax on goods or whatever, if it's not a... It's an enhanced category above and beyond the general thing. Well, New Hampshire doesn't have a sales tax, so right. it shouldn't. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So yeah. in New Hampshire, if that were the case, then it would just be for sale however you wanted to, and should be. Uh, it would be up to the consumer to purchase it in a way, shape, and form from a person whom they've chosen right. uh, which, voluntarily Which to is why the weirdest procure. thing is limiting the way the store can look. Because generally, right. that's that's excessive above and beyond the way they tax and regulate other goods and services. Right, and I can illustrate this very easily. Uh, anyone who has even ever heard of the marijuana culture in Amsterdam knows that in Amsterdam, if you want to go buy a joint or a pack of joints or whatever, you don't go to the weed store. You go to the coffee shop. Mm. The fact that there isn't a coffee shop in the United States currently amongst all of the states, any of the states that have, quote, legalized, unquote, marijuana, where a coffee shop sells marijuana should tell you all you need to know about the supposed legalization. People cannot do what they want with this plant. People cannot do what they want with this flower. If they could, I could go out tomorrow and open a weed coffee shop. But I can't do that because even in the states where it's illegal or made of a very low priority to persecute, I cannot do that. I am not free to do that. Yeah. And the reason that I don't know if it will ever be legal in New Hampshire specifically is because it is a competing product with alcohol. 
pure and simple. And, and our politicians, like politicians in the country, politicians in the country are bribed by alcohol producers. Make no mistake there. But in this particular state, it is a huge part of the state funding. What I like well, about... Because it's run by the state. Right. It's well, not the, yeah, the, the liquor like stores have, yeah. are, are all state-run. What I like about what New Hampshire has done by... They use the word decriminalization. And I hate that word because it doesn't describe what they've done. What they've done is they've made prosecuting marijuana the lowest priority for any law enforcement. Yeah, so it's low-priority criminalization. Not so lowest. Yeah. Specifically lowest. So no one is touching these cases. If anybody gets arrested for anything like that, it's just because the cop was being a dick, right? And then, like, whoever, whoever, they're going to be like, whatever, get like, out well, of here, I right? mean, yeah, really can, on We're never going to... Pro- so what I like about New Hampshire and what they did is that they did not make the state a competing entity to, I'm going to call him the street dealer, right? The, your regular guy. Right, whoever it is, like if you're a marijuana connoisseur and you live in New Hampshire, you don't like maybe you go across the border to a legal store to one of the states around us or whatever because it's a small state. But but you likely have a regular guy, right? Dave, let's call him, right? Not 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 Ridley. We'll call him Bob for okay. lack of a better because Dave's not here. Because Dave's not here. Uh, so let's say you, Bob is your guy, right? You're like, hey, Bob, you know, do you, what do you got? Can I get? And he's like, sure. Like, in every other state that, quote, legalized it, the street dealers still exist, right? They didn't put them out of business in any way, shape, or form. But what they mm. did is they launched the state now as competition in the marketplace, right. albeit the black market, if you right. were the gray market, for marijuana. Now, what this did is it forced your regular dealers, your bobs out there, to be more competitive, to carry different products and and that kind of a thing, so they had to like sort of expand their like, repertoire. Well, I was or whatever. comfortable being just a weed dealer, but I can't just sling weed and it be worth my time. I better expand well, into coke. Let, let's just say they can, right? Let's just say that they or were edibles. the weed dealer, and that's all they did. Now instead of just carrying bud, they got to carry edibles, or they got to carry vape cartridges, or they got to make those available to their customer base in some way, shape, or form, right? So it what it legalization in the states that have quote legalized it unquote all they've done is made the state like the biggest competitor to the street dealer so if you're a street dealer and you can't compete with the quality and service of the state stores then you're going to go out of business real quick whereas in new hampshire none of that happened the bobs in new hampshire are still being bob Right. Right. They they don't have this state level competition, at least within the state. Right. And that's kind of what I like about it, because they haven't introduced this false uh, tyrannical market mechanism that forces people to now, like, expand beyond their original breadth. Right. Whatever they could handle. Right. I mean, does it matter where the competition comes from? Yes. if you can't, well, if you can't well, compete it, with the state on it, like price and quality, it does because the state has the advantage that no other market entity has. Go on. They won't get arrested. It, it's the state. Well, but if it's legal, right? It's the state. Right? They it. have that advantage. They I, they're mandating how things should be done understood. instead of allowing the understood. market to decide hold how on, things should hold be on. done. In just about every other example that we will bring up on this show. Yeah. We will say that private industry can do it better than the state, than right. any government. Or Look how bad the government runs. They can't even, you know, do X. This is why bobs still exist in the states that have legalized marijuana. Well, but you're in, this, in the other side of your mouth is saying that the state is putting Bob out of business. I didn't say that. Okay. Oh, I'll make that argument for sure. 
uh, in Colorado, you lost so many bobs. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, they all went out of business because they were competing with... I mean, it, it's really simple. They were still running the risk of being arrested, having to show up in court to defend the fact that they had this flower, whereas all of these brick-and-mortar shops... Okay. They are not facing that risk. Are the consumers getting higher quali- quality weed at a better price? They're getting higher. <laughs> what? Whatever. It's the same. Honestly, okay. it, it is. The, you get very, you get very high quality at the same price. So, but because the the shops that have uh, that have gone through the rigmarole, that have jumped through the hoops, that have paid off yep. and are continuing to pay off uh, the state and the city. Yep. Because they receive a certain amount of protection from the federal government, from the state government, and the city government. Yeah. You would think whereas that overhead they, whereas, would drive up prices. No, no, not okay. at all. Right. Well, no, so, no, no, no. So, so prices of, uh, of restricted anything are inflated because of the risk associated with them. And the tax. So, for example, in Washington state, uh, when they legalized marijuana... They taxed the growers at 30%. They taxed the distributors at 30%. They taxed the retailers at 30%. You do the math there, right? What does that do to the price? So the bobs, the bobs around are like, oh, I can beat that price. Then they don't have to no diversify. Problem. They just beat the price. I'll give you an example, too, because uh, I was a fan. Like, I lived in Seattle. And, like, for the first time on planet Earth, you could walk down to a store and buy weed in a store. Right? That was amazing. I'm that old, right? I'm, yeah. I'm dating myself here. But like I grew up always looking over my shoulder whenever anybody was like, dude, you want to smoke a joint? You know? Uh, and so it was the most amazing thing to finally like be able to be like, oh my gosh, there's a pot shop down the road from my apartment, right? So I would I would I, I both employed Bob, if you will, and the local weed store, depending on my needs or necessity. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was having a little, uh, we were going to go to see a, see a friend of mine's concert, and so I'd have people over at the house, and uh, my friend, uh, we'll call him B, uh, he came over, and he, oh man, he was supposed to bring weed, right? You know, we could smoke up before we go to the show. And he's like, oh dude, man, I left my weed at home. And I'm like, okay dude, walk your ass down the block, right? That two blocks on the left-hand side is, you know, the, the local pot shop, uh, and, and, and go get us, he's like, okay, I'll be right back. And so he did. Okay. Right? And so I didn't have to call Bob. Now at the same time, uh, I went to the same store that used to have uh, a wake and bake special on like Sundays or whatever. So if you get there at nine, between nine and ten, uh, there was like I don't know ten percent off. Plus they had this grab bag thing where if you just gave them twenty bucks, you reach your hand into this bag and grab one item, and whatever that was is what you got for twenty bucks. It sure. was usually worth double that, right? Because uh, the way the legislation worked is that you had expiration dates on your product, even though like. If it's hermetically sealed, marijuana's not going bad, right? But they had, so they were like, well, what can we do with this product that's about to expire? Oh, we'll do a wake and bake special, right? Yeah. Grab bag on Sunday. So so I go in there, and I had been in there a bazillion times. I knew Jim and Janet and Greg and Martha, you know, all the people that regularly work there. It's like going to a bar, like, oh, Norm, or whatever, right? When you walk in. <laughs> and uh, so I go in, I'm like, yeah, I want to, oh, let me get a grab bag, and let me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, it'll be this much, and... Uh, they have this machine that takes your Washington State driver's license. It's got a barcode on the back or whatever. Yep. And they, they just shove your, your license down into this machine. They go, chur, chur, right? And and then uh, it it gives you like a green light or a red light, apparently. I didn't know this. Okay. I just watched them do it every time I went in there. And I'm like, that's kind of weird that they're scanning my license every time I make a weed purchase. There's no reason for them to track yep. that at all. But they did, nonetheless. 
And so the guy goes, uh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't sell to you. And I'm oh, ha, ha, thanks for joking around with me, Dave, or whatever the guy's name was. Uh, and, and he's like, no, really, I, I can't sell this to you because your license has expired. And I'm like, but dude, I'm like 45 years old or something, right? You know? And and he's like, I, sorry, man, I don't write the law, right? right? You know, this kind of a thing. And so I could not, even though I was fully gray beard, not fully, but like gray in the beard and they knew me, they just could not sell to me because my state license has expired. Understood. Even though it totally said that I was way more than old enough. I didn't have a passport or anything like that. But they were just like, nope, sorry. So what did I do? I called Bob. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Bob, I couldn't buy today because my license is expired. He's like, what do you need? <laughs> right. So so that would be a fine example, right? Because if we're going to make the argument on the show that the free market, the black market, the gray market, you know, the unrestricted market can do it better than the restricted market can. And we have this prime example in front of us yep. of what used to be a restricted market, you know, now with government being one of the competitors – the the black market should still do a better job. It does. And, okay, but you, that's your claim. Peakless has argued conversely, right? So no, no, no. I'm I I still agree with that, but okay. it also drives a bunch of them out. So whereas there used to be a hundred bobs, now yeah. there's like five or ten bobs. Okay, but they they should still be able to compete, provide higher quality at a lower price than the state institution. And if that's not the case, yeah, then we need to look deeper as to why that might be. What I saw uh, just from personal experience was the state stores uh, had a wider variety of selection, okay. although a limited quantity, Okay. right? So if I wanted to buy, I don't know, you know, mint chocolate edibles that were sugar-free, they'll have like one pack on the wall, right? On there, maybe two. Got it. Right. And then if I buy them both, they're out for weeks. Right. Right. So we would look at that as a market opportunity for any other competitor to go like, well, mint edibles, there's clearly more demand than there is. Buy supply. my five pound bag of mint edibles, right? What, you know, instead whatever of my, it is. you know, three ounce bag right. or whatever the, it is. There is there is an abundance of demand for a product that the state is not supplying, right. then you move to the black market right. and that should be still more competitive. Right. Well, and the way that it competes at that point is with service. Sure. So uh yeah, you're if they would uh, sugar free, the if sugar free mint chocolate edibles are your thing yeah and it's like man i gotta hit up a new shop every time i want this because they only carry one bar of this stuff but if you have your bob and he knows that like i have a reliable customer for mint chocolate edibles yep then it will be worth his his effort yeah. to either source or himself figure out how to turn his weed into mint chocolate edibles because he knows that he's got a reliable customer, yeah. whereas the, the corner store, they don't know that they have a reliable customer. And even if they did, they tend to be much slower moving. Uh, the Anything with a corporate structure tends to be very uh, uh, inflexible. And to your point... Uh, my Bob in this particular uh, story uh, made house calls. Nice. So, which is illegal Again, for the service. stores to do. Right. Like the stores couldn't. You don't. You don't get like Uber weed, mm, right? Yeah. You can do illegally good service. You can do Uber eats, but like if if marijuana was truly legal, service so good, you could, you could get on illegal. your on your Uber app and be like, I need an ounce of some Maui Wowie. 
right? I need some Girl Scout cookies. So and give me some mint chocolate edibles too, and deliver them to my house, please. Back. That's a free market. Back to you, Kevin. Yeah. What would what what would happen to the Bobs in New Hampshire if they legalized? If we know they can outcompete the state apparatus anyway. Uh, I I think there would be consolidation because the mass majority of people would begin shopping at the stores because it's an experience they've never had before. Okay. That fades. It does. Right? It does. Like uh, the line at Krispy Kreme is out the door and around the corner every time they open up a new one, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually there's just a regular line of customers. But I think it's... it's so mm-hmm. Bob becomes a niche at that point. That's fine. So the thing is, most people... They really do believe that legal and good are the same thing. So most people... Most people would really prefer to do, okay, well, I mean, they I got to go out myself even though there's three feet of ice out there, but... It's legal, I think so, so. I'm going to go to the corner store, whereas some people, there's a niche that are like, you know yeah. what? I actually enjoy it when I'm getting my pot illegally. I think, makes me feel rebellious. So that's your niche, and I think that's the where your bob serves. I think the difference in this case is that it has been illegal so long that the first customers lining up at the door aren't going to be people trying weed for the first time. Right. Right. They're going to be regular weed smokers trying this new mechanism for distribution for the first time, yeah. and they will already have that black market comparison in their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're going to automatically think the government weed is better. They're going to have a basis for comparison yeah. and may still choose Bob. Well, and right. And then the Bobs that still exist in competition with the state-sponsored stores um, will simply have to do what every other entity under competition has ever had to do. Innovate and get better there you go so they will do things like oh i don't know delivery for example there you go you know they they will do they will carry odd products or if they have a niche segment of customers that are always buying x they'll make sure that they always have x on hand right you know they'll they'll do those things or when they get a shipment of x in they'll be like they'll call all their customers be like hey man uh i know you're a regular i've got this then i still think you should be okay with new hampshire legalizing it Regardless. Depends on how they legalize it. Because if they're still making it illegal for me to put a seed into some dirt, then it's not a move in the right direction. Six oh three in the right direction. No, it's not. Six one six zero six oh three two eight three six one six zero. Our number three of Free Talk Live is coming up. Free Talk Live. Three. Officially underway. Uh, uh. Three. Three licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop. Yeah. Something about an owl. Yeah. Mr. Owl. There once was an owl who lived in an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we all be more like that wise old bird? Ooh. Anyway, it's Free Talk Live. The telephone number here is 603. 603- Two eight three six one six zero. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer and Richie Rich. Uh, we've been talking about uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, 
We talked about uh, the kill switch in your vehicles. Did we, we finish that? We didn't, but okay. we're going to move on. All right. Uh, we talked about peakless so, and the so pit just, of shame. Just real quick. We talked about tipping one quick question on vacation because, like, you've you've looked at that article. So can they just like beep boop turn off your vehicle remotely? It remains to be seen. Uh, apparently, there's the technology a, is there. Yeah. Apparently, gotcha. the the um, what do you call it? Uh, the onus is on the manufacturers and the N uh, National Highway Transit say NHTSA NHS whatever National Highway Transit Safety Association so, whatever yeah yeah for them to like quote figure it out unquote mm. uh, however there's so a move underway installing the machinery to make that possible but don't worry well, they <laughs> promise that they will only use it for liberty and democracy so Again, you you might want to listen to the uh, the interview with Gardner Goldsmith and Eric Peters. Yeah, right? Friday's like, Free Talk Live. The machinery is already there, really? generally, and has been for a long time. That is sad and disturbing. Like, unless you're driving a really old car, right? Woohoo! Like, fine, then you pro- you're you're probably okay. But, you know, th- this is the conspiracy Nothing behind- can stop me but bad luck. Yeah, there's like four things left to say in this article about okay. this. Well, there's there's the in- conspiracy behind cash for clunkers, which oh, is why God, they yeah. crashed all those cars, uh, right. was yeah. to get them off the road so they can start forcing you into buying this new stuff. Uh, the article continues, in an odd bit of uniformity, each of the fact checkers said spokespeople for groups who support these systems, such as MAD, or support the system, such as MAD, which is Mothers Against Drunk Driving, told them they would never support giving law enforcement access to their vehicle systems. Uh, My personal favorite, however, was PolitiFact, who said, quote, we found no mention in the bill of a kill switch. Yep. (laughs) Because it didn't say kill switch. Right. The the, the word word kill. We found a bill. We hit control F. We put kill switch in there. (laughs) and And we are journalists. Zero results. Yes. The idea that the absence of the words kill switch in the bill is evidence that a disabling mechanism doesn't actually exist in the legislation. I mean, technically, that is true. Is nothing short These of are the fact checkers. Technically, it is evidence. It is tiny, insignificant, and weak evidence, but technically, yeah. that is evidence in that direction. It just happens to be overruled by a massive amount of evidence in the other direction. Okay, so uh, segue. Which they were not checking. They were not checking that, no. Segway, since the government seems to be, well, effing people, uh, because I can't say, you know, the word I want to say on uh, radio, uh, let's talk about somebody who. I prefer to think of it as FCCing people. Oh, nice. Let's talk about somebody who. How would you who, pronounce that if it wasn't an acronym? I can't tell you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we can't say Per that, the FCC, yeah. I cannot tell you. <laughs> How let's, I would pronounce that. Let's talk about somebody who made their living FCCing people on film. Uh, you may be familiar, if you if you watch porn, you may be familiar with ex-porn star Mia Khalifa. Oh, that X in there is... So ex-porn star Mia Khalifa is slammed... Quote, unquote. No after, pun intended. After repeating her bizarre claim that being in the army is worse than being on OnlyFans because it is... Selling your body to the government. I agree with Mia Khalifa. No lies detected here. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I, I'm suddenly interested in what Mia Khalifa has to say now. Said no one ever. <laughs> I, I am sincerely curious, A, 
how she got to this, I mean, to me, painfully obvious, but quite accurate perspective, and B, if she has any other, like, <laughs> basically reasonable perspectives on actual reality. And she has a couple of reasonable perspectives from my perspective, but uh, let's find out more about the article, shall we? Former adult actress Mia Khalifa has been eviscerated for repeating a year-old claim that military service is worse than OnlyFans as it is like selling your body to the government. Again, like, as a libertarian, I have more respect for sex workers than I do the military or the police. As you said, 100%. Uh, Khalifa, who was born in 1993, said in an interview on U.S. chat show ZIWE, honestly, I think that selling your body, like if we're going by that definition, being in the army is worse than being on OnlyFans. You're selling your body to the government. While the original interview was aired last year, Khalifa, whose real name is Sarah Jo Chowman, reposted a clip of the interview in response to a post from comedian Marcella Arguello on Twitter on Veterans Day that read, who else remembers being against the Iraq war and people being like, oh, wow, so you don't support our troops? And then having the most dumb conversation about being anti-American when you were just anti-killing innocent people. Anyway, this feels like that. I I am anti-war. Like, astoundingly anti-war. I don't, like... In a world where government does not exist, will there be violence? Yes. Yes. Will it be at the scale of the state? No. Likely not. Yes. No, they simply can't afford it. It just, yeah. There is only one entity that can afford to make that level of destruction. I mean, just in dollars and cents. You cannot raise the revenue for the kind of destruction that a state entity can do in any other way. Well, okay. And that is because the state entity alone has the the backing of people. Like not only well, will people not only will people like actively fill out paperwork they know they can't actually fill out in order to give money to this entity, they will also never try to slow it down a little bit. They will never be slow in their service to that entity because of its evil. Again, but, I would sug- I would suggest on the dollars and cents, it it will likely be possible. Because, again, ideas that we have promoted on this show, right, is absent the state, absent the government, absent the theft and coercion, we will become a more prosperous society. And a more prosperous society will have more disposable funds to get all those fun stuff. Whether we choose to spend it on that as a society. A prosperous society also produces the technology to defend Sometimes those weapons are the same. Uh, The article continues, Mia Khalifa's response to the online post has since garnered massive amounts of attention and criticism online. One one Twitter user said, sorry, I hate saying X. Agreed. One Twitter user said, says the woman who's allowed to expose herself for cash based on the freedoms provided by our service members. Let's take that apart for a minute. Is freedom provided by service members? No. 
why how not how is it not provided by service members uh because the the very first off they're funded through the taxation so they've already they've already taken a for a portion or a fraction of your liberties so you are at that point already raping for virginity consent has been violated right and then they go out generally as far as the united states military is concerned uh they go out and piss off people in other countries making it more likely that they will commit acts of terror here uh like the 9-11 commission report said when it referenced the concept of blowback right you 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 upset people you get them angry enough and then they want to commit acts of violence against you i wonder if blowback yeah. means something different to mia khalifa maybe <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yeah, other, I mean, the, the, like the number of people out. that would push a, a a button to kill me yeah. with nothing more than the knowledge that I'm American right, yeah. is way higher than the number of people I could possibly upset to that degree <laughs> working on my own, right, yeah. even yeah. if I devoted my life to doing yeah, nothing I've, but I've, that. I've, I don't I've, know. You're on air like every week, man. So that number grows. Every week. <laughs> I've, I've made like... Uh, you know, we'll call it individual, I don't want to say enemies, but like, you know, people who don't like me. Adversaries. Right? Adversaries or haters or yeah, whatever you want whatever. to call it, right? Uh, but that's on an individual basis, and you're absolutely right. Like, I could not individually as a person uh, anger enough people in such a way that they're all going to get together and build a, you know, a big thing of mass destruction and drop it in my general area, hoping that they will get me and all of my friends, right? That's, you know, uh, unless, of course, you're talking about the federal government. <laughs> right right like but outside of any state institution yeah i'm not going to be able as an individual to anger that many people in such a way uh and they're not all going to get together and pool all their money for decades if not hundreds of years in an effort to build such a structure or such a weapon as to kill millions of people in one shot yeah just not gonna happen yeah and the sad truth of the fact is that here I am spending my time and energy trying to fight against the global imperial war that America is waging. And I might end up dying in a nuclear blast because they are trying to get at the American empire. One of the commenters said, just thank you for your service to anybody in the army that's better than this. Those soldiers signed up to defend freedom. No, they signed up for the money, free college, healthcare, benefits. They got a wife. They needed a yeah. place to stay. They couldn't, you know, they had no real skills of any other sort. And the army was like, oh, come on, we'll give you three hots and a cot and you can do our bidding for the bankers. More meat for the grinder. The comments come a month after she was originally slammed for mocking the 1,200 civilians killed during the Hamas surprise incursion. Uh, she said in a post to X. Sorry, Twitter. Can someone please tell the freedom fighters in Palestine to flip their phones and film horizontal? <laughs> Highlighting her intelligence. She made light of the horror conflict, joking about a Zionist apartheid regime being brought down by guerrilla fighters in fake Gucci shirts. Khalifa also shared an image of terrorists riding in the back of a pickup truck, calling it a Renaissance painting. She was fired as her from her role as a content creator for Playboy's Centerfold platform, which she joined in February 2022, shortly after these comments. Uh, at any rate, I'm, I'm done giving her press. Um, so she said these words, I detect no lies. 
Uh, I don't think she is uh, an intelligent person, generally speaking. Uh, she's probably below average, in my opinion, based on the comments that I've seen her make. But eh, I don't know her. She so, got that one right. So I can't really make that, that claim. I think she it does. illustrates the point that even a below average intelligence person, if they are thinking clearly, yeah. can come to the truth, as she in fact has. Because when someone says, they're, they're defending your freedom, that is an axiom. Like, they believe as an article of faith. That our troops are defending our freedom. Like, it is just a definition of what a troop is, is a defender of freedom. It does not matter if there is no freedom that they're defending. It does not matter if what they're doing is attacking, which is different from defense. Mm -hmm. No, it does not matter because it is in the same way that this wine, because it got blessed, is blood. Right. Uh what evidence is there that any military person or organization has defended my freedom? Bradley Manning? Any person? Or Chelsea Manning? No. I mean, respect. Or, or organization. Like military person oh, or organization oh. has defended my freedom. In their capacity as military? Yes. No. Non, not one tiny bit. There, there might be like one guy. Right, somehow, right? I mean, he leaked the footage, but but was persecuted for it. A military person can, in fact, defend your freedom, but when they're doing so, it is not in their capacity of being a military person. Bradley, at the time, Manning's uh, actions were not the actions of a military person. Right. In fact, they were condemned by the military and, like, you know, saw the whole trial and all that crap ensued. And it was. Only when he broke and went against his role as a military person that he finally defended my freedom. All right. And thank God he did. Uh, Let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. Let's go to uh, Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Yeah, earlier you were talking about uh, various states and, you know, the election is to legalize pot and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember here when they did it in Michigan, we the Democrats were running a very sketchy as to whether or not she would have been elected. Our second female governor, I think it was. Okay. And uh, they put the pot bill on the same legalized pot on the same election cycle, thereby bringing out a whole lot of the younger crowd. Right. Uh, here, That'll just do it. This last year, when they were trying to uh, push through in a very red state, um, the basically unlimited abortions thing to uh, the Ohio Constitution, they put the pot bill on that election, thereby increasing their voter turnout. So. Well, they, they're, 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 I'd actually they're, say they're, that this is the this is the case where those do. those voters are on the right side. Look, in both of those cases, they are defending your right to make medical decisions. Well, in both cases, one was just to get the governor elected. No, I'm saying like in the the people who are trying to to legalize pot. Yep, and the people who are, which are the same people who are trying to legalize abortion. In both cases, they are attempting to defend your medical freedom. Okay. Well, this abortion this abortion bill went way beyond just 
submitting to the woman's right to have an abortion. It went to, you know, the teenager's right to do whatever the hell they wanted without parental consent. And, you know, don't ask, don't tell. So uh, they get every nickel they can out of whatever lemon they're squeezing. If there wasn't so much restrictions on being a teenager, they ought to be liberated as well. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, they don't make wise decisions. Well, nor do adults, man. I mean, come on. Like, I'm 51 years old, and Major, I know you're a bit older than me, but, like, my observation of people over the age of 18, my opinion of whether or not they make better decisions hasn't really changed. I just find that people over the age of 18 are just older versions of their 18-year-old selves who also make poor decisions. Is there a cute check around? Because I'm about to do something stupid. (laughs) Right. Well, that that all depends if they had any kind of a foundation at all to, uh, you know. Uh, I think that's biology, man. I mean, to that extent, I I also probably haven't changed much from my 18-year-old self in, you know, the decisions that I make on a daily basis, right? I've gotten wiser over time. I might make some better financial decisions or or that kind of thing or employment decisions or, you know, be smart enough to go, like, get another skill if I have to and adapt that way. But, like... I, my sense of humor is the same, right? Uh, if I go out drinking, I you know probably have the same kind of time I did when I was in my twenties or whatever. Like I largely haven't changed that much. I think the only yeah. fundamental difference is less thoughts make it to mouth as you so, get older. And here's the thing: Fact. Like, what we should be doing as a society is focusing on making people capable human beings who can make decisions by the time they become sexually viable and have their decisions really, really matter for the future of all humanity instead of stunting their mental and emotional growth for their entire existence so that we can make them adolescent until they're 25. And then, then we won't give them the right to make these decisions decisions because we've made sure that they're not able to make good ones the the challenge you might face and i think this is major's point is uh they become sexually viable far sooner than the brain matures major yeah well that was part of it but i mean what picos was just going off on goes right back to what i said just a minute ago they have to have a base you have to have a foundation you have to have somebody that gave a damn enough about you to teach you things as you were a pup coming up. Okay, else, and that's you know, not the state nor I mean, the state school system. Right. not going to change. Like Captain was talking about, he's basically the same cat he was, you know, 40 years ago or whatever, and I'm basically the same cat I was 50 years ago. My I mean, I move slower. <laughs> but my life experience has taught me a hell of a lot. And a lot of people just spend their life in a foxhole and don't even realize, you know, what's going over their head. Sure. And that, that that's right back to, you know, if you weren't taught how to play the game, you can't catch the ball. Maybe. Honestly, I am not worried about some 15-year-old that decides that she wants an abortion. Like, now I get it. If you believe that that's murder... Then let's deal with it like murder. Like one or the other. That's, Either it's a human being 
or it's not. If it's not a human being, then it's a part of that person's body and they own their body. If it is a human being, then this is murder and we need to start changing our laws to reflect yeah. that these are human beings. That's the I problem. I don't think you'll like the outcome. But it's a pretty obvious point to go, wow. look, has it breathed on its own? That's that's your definition of when life starts. You've, you've mentioned it a number of times on the show. Right. I'm not going to argue. It, and it is the one time that a human first mixes their labor with nature. Now, if you want to, A, I get point out another position. time where they, where they mix their labor with nature, or B, give me a better version of property rights than mixing your labor with nature, I'm all ears. I'm not going to do that. But what I will say is people don't agree with that definition. And the the fundamental difference between those that think it's murder and those that think it's not is why there's an argument in the first place. That's irreconcilable. Which means we should have one place where we consider it murder and another place that is not that place no. where we don't consider no. it murder. Every, listen, you do. Listen, that, listen, that's why you. you're having different laws both in different you. states. Everybody just needs to butt out of everybody else's business. Agree. If, if, if somebody... Hang on, Major. Major, hang on. If, if somebody is pregnant... And decides to have an abortion, it's up to them, and unless their, it's murder, and their and their spouse or whatever to to determine what their belief is. Unless in that it's respect. murder, because you want to take take murderers off the street. 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Do you believe abortion is murder? Oh boy! Oh boy! Here we go. Free talk live. More coming up. Oh, and thanks for the call, Major. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition. We're here every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. to talk about all sorts of things, plus whatever's on your mind. Uh, If you don't know what our show is, you can visit freetalklive.com to find out more. Those of you who've been listening for some time may be aware that the founder of this show, as well as one other first-chair host, are both in prison for the dastardly crime of selling Bitcoin to willing customers voluntarily. Treating adults like adults. Who, who had also provided... Throwing a book at them. Who had also provided identification and uh, basically held up a, a photo or held up a sign in front of them that says... Yes, I agree to buy this Bitcoin at this price from this person for this purpose at this time. Like photo visual consent was gotten. And yet the uh, Ian Freeman is uh, serving like eight years. Yeah. Aria is serving 18 months. Uh, Aria only, yeah. she, she did a plea deal. She only pled guilty to, uh, she's like, yeah, I sold Bitcoin. No, I didn't get a government license. And they're like guilty for not getting the government license to do so, whereas uh, Ian decided to take it to uh, a jury trial. And uh, despite the state themselves saying things like, there are no victims here, 
etc. and so on. So there's a question. Uh, the, like, uh, the, 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 the folks there convicted him. Anyway. Like, do we need New Hampshire to, like, pass a law that just says everyone has a license? Because there there exists no license in this state. Right. So they had every license that they could have. But the federal government said that since you don't have the state's license to do this. Did they say they don't have the state's license it, to do it? The, the federal license. Okay. Yeah. That's different. Oh, I thought it was because like uh, the because the state didn't have one. The, uh, then it was you the, have to get the well, federal. Well, because one. the 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 government, the federal government, is claiming that money transmission equals Bitcoin exchange, which is not true. And right? there's a money transmitter license. There's a money transmitter license that you must get if you're like a bank or something. You want to do wire transfers. You want to do some Western and I think, action. I'm or pretty. Whatever. I think Derek J also had that license. Oh, I didn't know that. Right, like he, but they knocked on like, his door, but he didn't get arrested because so, he was in compliance at the time. So first of all, money transmitting is a is a whole thing where like money moves from a location to another, right? It's like uh, uh, there are laws written for like people carrying like a a suitcase full of cash, mm-hmm. right? If if the uh, the authorities as you're going through customs or whatever uh, discover that you have a suitcase full of cash, they're going to confiscate it. And say that you are guilty of, uh, you know, uh, carrying money across a, a border or something like that, unlicensed, right? Uh, there are laws like that. So, essentially, what happened, in my opinion, is uh, they've used a whole bunch of laws that uh, had nothing to do with this new technology known as cryptocurrency, uh, and are shoehorning these laws into people uh, who are who have dealt in cryptocurrency. The uh, attack, if you will, on cryptocurrency continues. Uh, it's not just the Crypto 6. You can find more at thecrypto6.com. Uh, it is other people as well who have been targeted by the authorities and the banksters and the governments uh, for transacting freely with other individuals. So that being said, uh, both Ian and Arya are currently behind bars. They've been kidnapped by tyrants. They're behind bars. Uh, we want you to write letters to them. That's This whole lead-in is about, hey, they're in jail. They need some support. Write some letters. I'm going to post to our social media. Uh, that's Twitter. It's Mastodon. It's a couple other places. Uh, if you're on our social media, you already know where they're at. I'm going to post links to uh, the instructions for you to write to them. Ian is currently in Merrimack County Jail. Uh, he will be there until maybe even two hearings from now. He's got one hearing that's supposed to determine restitution. Not sure how you can pay restitution to no victims, but we're going to find that out. And then Aria, of course, is in uh, FMC Devons, uh, and she's been there for mm, six months. I don't remember when she went in. Was it April? I think so. Okay. A little over six months. I think so. Uh, So at any rate, but uh, she's still in. Uh, We're hoping she gets out maybe before Porkfest. uh, They have what they call good time. It's also known as, uh, uh, what is it, time off for? Good behavior. Good behavior. Yeah, that's what it's. Formerly known as, they call it good time, like to you know make it sound better Whew. somehow. You're in jail. Good time, right? Yeah, good, no, times. good time. So I'm not just being gonna, able to afford potato chips. I'm just going to post those links to our social media. You can go to ariademezzo.com and find the same information. You can also go to freekeen.com to find the information on how to write to Ian. But I'm going to make it easy for you. I'll just post it on our social media. So watch out for that. And thank you to those folks who have written. Thank you to everybody who has reported on the Crypto 6. Thank you to the documentary filmmakers that uh, have been documenting all of the things surrounding the Crypto 6. We look forward to those films coming out, and we'll keep you updated uh, as we know more about those. But please do write to both Aria 
and Ian. All right, moving right along, uh, let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, right. What would Ari want to hear from me? You know, it beats from it beats hearing from no one at all. <laughs> you know what? I tell Send you what. Her pictures and speedos. Yeah, I tell you what. If you, if you did write her, I guarantee you that when she opened it up, it was like, David in New Mexico, there'd be a big smile on her face. <laughs> Regardless as to what you, like, even if you were the most insulting thing, she'd be like, I can't believe David in New Mexico wrote me. She'd probably remember it so much, she'd talk about you on air when she came back without you having to call in. That's all true. right. Maybe, maybe I'll send a postcard. She might even, like, do your catchphrase, and Monica Zamora. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. (laughs) Exactly. All right. We're on it, man. Uh, Speed of light. Not speedo. Not the speedo light. light? (laughs) Wait, they're making speedos with lights on them now? No, no, no. no, 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 Speedo was too much material. It's speedo light. Oh, I see. It's a mess. Speedo light is a a tong. It's It's translucent. (laughs) Yeah, it's made out of uh, it's it's 100 percent white. Wait, that's going in the show notes. 100. 100% white cotton. What about the show notes? David and his translucent Speedo. The wet yeah, Speedo no. contest brought, brought to you by Free Talk Live. Speedo light. Speedo light. It's like a tong, you know. A banana hammock. Were you um, calling about something, so, David, or were we just joking I was, around? Speed I was. of you, light. You, you, you. I was. You just give me, what did you say? Speed of light. Speed up, letting us feel. Yeah, that, 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 that can, that can wait, man. That can wait. There's something more important. Oh, uh, you guys are, you, you guys are discriminating, discriminating. You got to stop discriminating. Discriminating against who? Yeah. I've, you mean discriminating? Uh, um, no, no, I've been. Don't discriminate against him. Mike Tyson, he say discriminating. Oh, okay. He, he says a lot of things yeah. that are the wrong way. It's his yeah, charm. But he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and so he's become a good he, guy. He, uh, he, in, yeah, he's become a good guy. Hey, he, everyone he, has he, a plan yeah. until he punches them in the faith. <laughs> yeah, man, is the, the, the most. You ever been punched ever in the faith spoken. before? Is that Mike Tyson. That is. <laughs> what was Robin Gibbons' yep. plan? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know what all uh-huh. the truth, the truth, the truth is. I don't know the truth, man. I don't know the truth, so so I can't go there, man. So who are but we discriminating you guys, against? You guys, well, Indian, Indian givers, you know, Indian. Oh, okay. You know that. That actually, you know, there's a side note. Engines like the the term engines because it's uh, the root word of uh, ingenuity. Okay. You know, mm. shows their skill. I always yeah. thought that there would be go. a good designation between engines and Indians. Mm. It would be. There you it go. Engines. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Then so you know, you, I don't you, know if it's disrespectful or not, but then you you know you know they're not the doot doot Indians. You know, every. Every, you know, uh, as as we're taught to, to say Native American, yeah. every single one of them that I've known to use a word to d- describe their people, they call they call themselves Indians. How very white-centric had, of them. I, I had a conversation on that very topic with, uh, you remember, uh, was it 1973 Wounded Knee? You know that, uh, that thing? You know that thing? You know that thing? Yeah, that was a thing. That was a hell of a thing. Standoff in 1973. You know about that? Mm-hmm. What about it, David? He was a, yeah. Okay. Well, I know a guy who was there. He was a teenager, and he was there, and his name was Mike, and I don't remember his last name, but he was. Uh, he's FBI. He was FBI. Not not the FBI that they were fighting against. He's the other FBI, the full-blooded Indian. <laughs> he's half uh, Cal- half nice. California Indian and half uh, uh, Cheyenne, and and he. He said, I asked him that very question. I asked him about, uh, you know, what, what, how'd this thing go down? You, you want to be Indians? You want to be Native Americans? He says, well, you called us Indians, 
And we, we decided we wanted to be uh, not Indians because we weren't Indians. We wanted to be Native Americans. And then, and then you know what? We changed our mind, and we just, we just decided, okay, we'll be Indians. So that's how that went down. Probably because it was too difficult to explain to them that they ought to be called by their original tribe name, like the Cheyenne. Because right. white men dumb. Right. And, and so, so, yeah, so, so that how that, that, that's how that went down. And we also talked about uh, redskins, too, but I'll save that for later. So uh, Indian, Indian Giver, uh, it's my understanding. Oh, and uh, first, before I get started on Indian Giver, you discriminated because you said Indian Giver and you said gypped, but you didn't say Jude. You, 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 you discriminated. You didn't include them. Well, we weren't really negotiating, though, so that, yeah. that term wouldn't have come up. No, no, no. That that one is actually uh, uh, in some contexts. It is a identical to gypped. Now that is the difference. So, like, I have heard as a family guy. I have heard. I have heard Jude him down. Right. That's the to common mean phrase. specifically the uh, the uh, the haggling. Yes. Now. Occasionally, but gypped is when you like bought a thing and it turns out that it's totally not right. Right. So right. So right. Uh, gypped usually doesn't mean haggled down. Right. It means defrauded. I right. have occasionally right. heard gypped to mean that, but it's very rare. Whereas Jude can mean either of those. Jude sounds sounds positive yeah, 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 in that yeah, connotation. Yeah. There is no there is no useful there is no positive way of saying Jew. Like really? it is apparently yeah. just always offensive. Okay. Like you can say Jewish yeah. people. I got it. But if I say like I Jewed him down to five hundred, I like I'm getting a good deal. That seems like a good thing. It what sounds positive, but plan? it is uh, hateful. Okay. What about a wandering Jew? That is that. Uh, uh, you mean like Cain uh, from uh, Kung Fu? Was he a Jew? Cain from Kung Fu? That was David Carradine. He wasn't Jewish, was he? Well, he did wander the earth though. For forty no, no, no. episodes. Wandering Jew, the plant. Aren't you a gardener? Wandering Jew is a plant. Is, is that is that? I've uh, never heard of that plant. Yep, never heard of that plant. All right, uh, David. Just so, of us are uh, just so our listeners know, the Wounded Knee occupation of 1973, also known as the Second Wounded Knee, there was a, okay. another Wounded Knee in 1890. I'm pretty sure he said 73. Yes, but the one okay. in 73 is the Second Wounded Knee. Uh, was them both. Uh, 200 Ogallala Lakota Sioux. Uh, and followers of the American Indian movement seized and occupied the town of Wounded Knee on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. The protest followed the failure of an effort of the Oglala Sioux uh, to use impeachment to remove the tribal president whom they accused of corruption and abuse of opponents. Uh, They occupied the town for 71 days while the United States Marshal Service, FBI agents, and other law enforcement agencies cordoned off the area seems like infighting to me the activists chose the site of the 1890 wounded knee massacre for its symbolic value so there you go so i was thinking of the 1891 oh he said 73 yeah he specifically yeah david specifically mentioned the 1973 so that's the one i brought up it is the known as the second wounded knee the first one was uh even more heinous really in my opinion but anyway well for sure yeah for sure it was and and another i'll let you here's another one so the dude, Mike, that it was at uh, the 1973 uh, standoff at Wounded Knee, yep. um, the, they, they killed, uh, what would they kill, one or two FBI agents? I don't remember, one or two. Not enough. I remember. Anyway, not enough, not enough. Okay. I mean, so, it's a start. But, right. So Leonard Peltier, you know him, right? Yep. Okay. He did, Leonard, Leonard, Leonard did not do it. But Leonard has uh, told his people that uh, 
he will take the rap. He'll do the time so that the people who did kill those FBI agents can stay out of prison. Well, good on him. Wait. Yeah, well, what, that, that's he's my gonna, way to I, him, man. I don't, can't, you can't do somebody else's time. Well, if you admit to it. Yeah, and not, if you're Leonard Beltier, you can. Well, <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. He got, he got convicted of it, and instead of uh, – Turning in, he he didn't he did not do it. This comes from the people that were there. Leonard did not do it, but Leonard is doing the time so that the people who did do it don't have to do the time. I would do a month for Ian Freeman if more people would do a month for Ian Freeman. I do a month for him. All right, yeah. I get yeah. a month standing in my head, man. Hell yeah. Would you do it for Ian Freeman though? A... Hmm? What? Would you do it for Ian Freeman though? Oh sure, yeah. I right. do. I I do a month. I can do it standing on my head. Uh, to if if it saves him uh, eight years in conjunction with. I would only people. do it standing on my head if uh, that cool one if month. Just, like, if we could just network all of his time and like everyone ends up doing like one one hundredth of a second. <laughs> But there we was, got like uh, a billion uh, people to do it. So. If, if there were that many oh, people that, that showed up to the so trial, fantastic, right? But ba- the numbers yeah. of people that showed up to the trial—if everyone took a month, yeah. right? Ian would do like a month, right? Yeah. So, and he'd also yeah. just be out because he did sixty-nine days originally. So there you go. That would be I, the whole thing. He said sixty-nine. Yeah, there, something. I was attorney offer that. Huh? I was saying I was what? suggesting that we have his attorney offer that up. There you go. So something just occurred to me. The, the FBI not only raids your house, your place of business, but they listen to the show. So the, I just gave the FBI what they probably already know, that uh, a, a dude I know and had, uh, it's not hearsay, because I had uh, first uh, uh, one-to-one communication, face-to-face. First-hand knowledge. Real time. Well, no, he doesn't have first-hand knowledge because he wasn't at Wounded Knee. It's still oh, hearsay. That's true. Well, I have first-hand knowledge of my conversation with Mike. Okay. And Mike, Mike was there, and I don't doubt that Mike was there. And if the FBI yeah. doesn't know it already, which I'm sure they already do, that Leonard Peltier didn't actually do the crime, but he is doing the time. But like yeah. I said, I'm sure they know that already. If you were testifying, that would be hearsay. If Mike testified, that wouldn't. If Mike wants to call, no, too, could, the I, phone I number is 603-283-6160. You could testify to your conversation with Mike, but that That's doesn't... What I'm saying. You're not really testifying to the account of the events. No, no, I'm testifying to my conversation. Yeah. But that's worthless. Yeah, that's worthless no, no, no. in court. No, 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 because because that 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 would then be enough to uh, uh, have Mike come in and testify. Yeah, well, but if, that, but his testimony is the one that carries the weight. Again, so now that we're talking right. secondhand knowledge. So if you talk to Mike, no, 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 have him give us a call, David. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate you. Uh, so we don't have enough time to get into it, but we'll try. This from thehighwire.com. We talked about the FCC a little earlier today. FCC, yeah, we did. They can get the FCC out of here as far as I'm concerned. They can. They can go FCC themselves. That's 100%. a good substitute for the F word. It really right? is. I don't know what the FCC you're talking about. And frankly. I just hope you guys keep it up. If anyone's des- if anyone deserves to have their name turned into a curse word, it's the FCC. It's the FCCing FCC. So just when you thought it was bad, here's the headline. The FCC just voted to take control of the internet. Good luck. The oh, F- they don't need luck. No. They have state power. Yeah, they have guns and and uh, people of false belief who think that uh, government is good. 
I got it, but okay, they take over the internet. There's still wires connecting computers together and internet sure. 2.0. Well, yeah, but Imagine you need that's... a you you need an internet service provider to do that. Mm, kind of. Oh, uh, really? The, can you operate the internet without an internet there, service provider? I, I can plug my computer can, into yes. Captain's computer, and we've got a network. I mean, Mesh networks network. yes. exist. But you do not have the internet. Mesh, I got it. Mesh networks exist. A parallel internet can be built. Uh-huh. And it like, can probably come already into existence. Has, probably already has been. There's probably all sorts of like There's underground mesh, on it. mesh networks that exist already. And it just takes yeah. like a bridge from some other community yeah, into this I'm sure community. There's peop- I'm sure there's people still the having land the equivalent of the internet. No. Yes. No. Yes. Not to be the equivalent yes. of the internet. That's insane. Look, the internet is like a network of websites. Those websites exist on a computer somewhere. Right. They, it can exist on a server in IBM's building or it can exist on Captain's laptop. Right. So. Yeah. The, networks exist. Yeah. The so, dominant network is what it is. I, I mean, in, in the same way as like you can make your own Bitcoin. It's real easy to do, but it will not be Bitcoin. Got do, it. You, do you know how you can copy and paste the code for Bitcoin and then create your own? Yeah. Yeah. You can do that with the Internet. All the code is out there. It exists. Right. You're not going to do it. Not You're not going to do it in one shot. The internet. Yeah. You're not going to do it in one shot. But certainly a parallel. It would be internet cache. A parallel. Yeah. Right. A parallel version of the internet can be built and will be built in the event that something like the FCC or some other tyrannical government organization tries to, uh, you know, put it down or take control or whatever. Right. It'll right. Be internet TV. If they, if they, vision. Yeah. If they absolutely take it down, that is definitely the case. And that's why they're doing this. They don't want to take it down. They don't want it to be replaced with a mesh network that is end-to-end encrypted. That would be their bane. What they want to do is leave it in existence and control it. All right, let me get this paragraph out and then we can talk. The FCC voted today on a plan that gives the federal government full control over the Internet. The plan passed by a 3-2 to margin. A press release posted immediately after the meeting stated, in part... Under the new rules, the commission can investigate possible instances of discrimination of broadband access, work with companies to solve problems, facilitate mediation, and, when necessary, penalize companies for violating the rules. How do the other countries feel about this? The FCC will review consumer complaints of digital discrimination of access through an improved consumer complaint portal, and staff will meet monthly to assess trends in complaint patterns. Finally, the commission adopted model policies and the best practices that will support states, local, and tribal governments in their efforts to combat digital discrimination. Uh, The Internet exists outside of America. Yeah, this plan is marketed as though it will prevent digital discrimination and a way to ensure equal access broadband to Internet in the United States. While equal access is a component of liberty and freedom, this plan gives sweeping access and regulatory control over all aspects of the Internet business. According to the plan document, the FCC would have the power to regulate uh, the following aspects as it relates to each Internet service provider. Network infrastructure deployment, network reliability, network upgrades, network maintenance, customer premise equipment, Installation, speeds, capacities, latency, data caps, throttling, pricing, promotional rates, imposition of late fees, 
opportunity for equipment rental, installation time, contractual renewal terms, service termination terms, use of consumer credit and account history, mandatory arbitration clauses, pricing, deposits, discounts, customer service, language options, credit checks, marketing and advertising, contract renewal, upgrades, account termination, transfers to another covered entity, and service suspension. Just, that's all. That's all they're going to take control of. Oh, well, so just one or two. Just a small list. Yeah. Again, the internet exists outside of America, so how are they going to do any of the things they want to do if you just accessing sites or using a VPN? So um, that's a good question. It is. Uh, I, I, I can only answer with this. Like Comcast has no idea what websites I go to because I immediately connect to a VPN. The only answer I can give you is this. Uh, typically... When one version of government does a thing, and uh, we'll we'll call it succeeds, like at their thing that they want to do, sure. Uh, other government entities go, oh, we got to do that too, and then they do. Yep, that's my answer. Now, as far as how are they going to regulate it throughout the world? I don't know. Seems to me that the United States federal government has done an amazing job of expanding its reach in absolutely every they'll way. They'll form a new. I got it. But if, no, no, no. They'll like, form a new entity, a global entity through the United Nations or some crap like that called WIGS, the World Internet Governance Society. Or something. Mm-hmm. Like I have a complaint for the FCC about a website in Cameroon. Yep. What are they going to do? They, um, as a consumer complaint, they're going to they determine gonna... whether or not the. Oh no uh, no no! Nothing in here said that they're going to act on consumer complaints. No, they said this can set up a website. It right? says that they are going to regulate all of these things and otherwise. How are they going to do punish that? People? How are they going to do if that? If they do things that they don't like, how are they going to do that? To, to they're not going to Cameroon. They're not the going to respond they... to your complaint about Cameroon. Mm-hmm. A website. How in are they going to regulate anything that exists on the internet in Cameroon? The same way that they regulated the Australian citizen. Of uh, uh, Assange, with the threat and use of violence, they're going to go pick up. They're going to go pick up the internet service provider in Cameroon because he violated some term of service. If they feel like it, yeah. All right. Uh, governments only have one thing that they do, and that is the use and threat of violence. I that got is it. how they will. But yeah. they usually do you think Cameroon wants to? Do you think Cameroon wants to risk their relationship with the United States by keeping that guy? We are not going to go everywhere. We are out of time. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Peakless Mountaineer. Thank you to all our listeners and our callers. We appreciate you. If you missed any part of tonight's program, please find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com